Sorry, having a, sorry, he's having a chat. Sorry, guys. He's having a chat. Actually, you don't get to hear this music very often, do you, Paul? And this is, I mean, this is strong. Beautiful, beautiful. This is a, so let's just enjoy this a bit more. Really is. Who, who wrote that? Um, Brahms? I think it might have been Brahms. Brahms? Maybe Brahms or Mendelssohn? One of those. Or DJ Tall Paul. One of the, one of the three. I, I just don't know. <laughs> Just trying to find the uh, the menu. I find Catherine that, that it's best to put the menu in the menu slot, not the, not not the news slot, my love. Not the news slot, my love. Let's keep it special, shall we? I'll it, put it somewhere different every day. I, I, I've heard that about you. Four minutes past six, and already we're, I'm libeling members of the team. I'm sexually harassing Paul Scoynes. He hasn't realised it yet, but he soon will do. But we should probably start the show. Yes. Coming up today, Barnfield is back in hot water. Recruitment drive for gay mums and dads. And no Peter Burkett. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. And uh, you can give me a call whether your name is Peter Burkett or not. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, MPs uh, will today call for a parliamentary debate into the Barnfield Federation after two government departments published highly critical reports aimed at the Bedfordshire schools chain. Unless there is a significant improvement at the Federation, the government will not hesitate to take further action. Well, uh, our political reporter Paul Scoynes has been looking into this, as always. What might that action look like, Paul? Well, Ian, the government uh, has said it's going to monitor progress closely, and if there aren't, quote, significant improvements, uh, then it won't hesitate to act further. Now, that action may, uh, in some ways, look at the splitting of the academies Barnfield runs from the college. That's something that they have to consider. That ask was a direct uh, request from the the two government ministers involved in this and there are several other schools waiting to join the federation uh, which we've covered here before at least two have pulled out or one was pulled out uh, one was told Barnford wouldn't be sponsoring them and uh, and and i now understand that those conversions are placed on hold if not indefinitely now this is all from these two reports we've been talking about it feels like forever what mm. probably three four months something like that they came out on friday i yes. think so well, give me the headline Okay, well, we knew some of them because we were able to get a copy of one of the reports in advance, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, um, exclusively here at BBC Three Counties on this programme. Massive overspends, huge amounts of money wasted on failed projects, over a million pounds spent uh, on improvements to College Site, which was questionable, uh, and uh, the failed Harpenden Hair Studio as well. Uh, nearly a million pounds claimed for students. It couldn't prove it had taught either. Now, the money was also uh, claimed in this, uh, uh, according to this report for staff taking some courses so effectively bumping up the numbers there vast overpayments to senior staff uh, two payoffs holiday allowances an expensive car to the former director general sir pete burkett when he resigned and was only owed i worked out around 20 days holiday pay uh, there was also stuff in the um 
uh, report about conflicts of interest of the board, uh, credit limits on cards. So you would normally expect a, a corporate credit card to have a limit of around £25,000. There was one card which had a limit of £100,000. Profligate spending as well. £8,000 was spent on plaques bearing Sir Pete Burkett, the former director general's name. Uh, excessive amounts spent... So what do you mean plaques? Uh, what do you mean ber- plaques bearing his name? Marble plaques. With just his name on? Well, I mean, marking the fact that he'd right. been knighted and that he had founded the organisation. Okay. Okay, um, and these were sent to the academies. Um, excessive amounts spent on alcohol for end-of-term parties and a, quote, significant amount of chocolate, unquote. We also now uh, know now what the government want to see done. Yeah, there's been a letter sent to the um, Barnfield Federation from the Skills Minister, the Schools Minister, uh, Lord Nash, uh, sorry, Matthew Hancock and Lord Nash respectively there. This is effectively, Ian, a final warning saying that these immediate actions need to be taken, the whole uh, scale restructuring of what is a ludicrously complicated organisation new leadership needed uh, a look at all of the options for the future as I've said including the breakup of that federation and um, they've got a month to do that so they've got to uh, put those uh, plans in place in a month's time Um, government spokesman has said that uh, they uh, have already put in place an interim chief executive officer they're working with the government uh, to urgently fix the weaknesses uh, that the government found they that they're going to, uh, as I say, take further action if nothing's done. And uh, they, uh, the government says that uh, it has already taken swift action to address these concerns at Barnfield. And uh, they say that it further illustrates the strong accountability systems we've put in place to protect public funds. That is something that the local MPs and indeed the unions dispute. This is bad, isn't it? it, it it's a damning and disastrous report. I think it is, and I think it's it's pretty uh, embarrassing when you consider uh, that back in 2007, this was one of the first organisations of its kind to start sponsoring academies. It was held up as a, a real sort of uh, example to others on how to do things and how to do this method. Um, I think it would be really interesting to see what happens in the next couple of months because, you know, ultimately there are lots of people who are taught in Barnfield schools, there are lots of people who attend the college. Uh, you know, educationally, this hasn't even... These reports haven't looked at the quality of education. Indeed, you know, the people who work for Barnfield, who run Barnfield, say to us that, you know, that's never been in question, um, although we've obviously heard different rumours and, and allegations made to us about how children are taught there. But... Um, you know whether or not the um, the the system, the structure of Barnfield looks the same at the start of the new academic year in September this year is is quite unclear at the moment. MPs are calling for a debate. Why will that achieve anything? Well, if they have a parliamentary debate, they are allowed to say things in Parliament that they couldn't say outside of Parliament. So I think there will be further allegations that have been made to MPs that will be able to come into the public domain. So that's why Gavin Shuke wants to do that. We, I remember in the past, we spoke to people from Barnfield on this show and mm. they said they would be happy to come on when the uh, report had, uh, had been released. <laughs> so Peter Burkett was due to come on this morning. We've got neither of those. Why? What's going on? Well, Barnfield, as you, as you say back in October, Ian, uh, you asked Stephen Hall this question. C- can we get you on in six weeks' time to go through it? I would be more than happy, Ian. 
Well, we were told back then that, uh, that of course, they would be more than happy to do so. We've now been told that they won't be making anybody available for interview for the foreseeable future. So just one second. I would be more than happy. OK, that's, that's not happening. That's not well, happening. Well, he, he instantly gets dragged to a hotkey to play <laughs> throughout the show. OK, that's disappointing. So what, that's what happened to Sir, Sir Peter Burkett? Because I, last time, yesterday, you were firing off emails to me saying he's coming in. I turned up this morning, he's not coming in. Mm, yes. Disappointing. It is rather. I mean, I'd, I've had a long uh, sort of text conversation with, with Sir Peter Burkett over the past month or so, at least. And we were getting on all right. We thought it was fairly convivial. Um, and uh, there have been several times where we, we had booked him to come on uh, and he'd pulled out. Before the report was published, we could sort of understand that. Now, since the report has been published, he agreed last week to come and talk to us. Um, and at 4.30 this morning, wow. sent a text through saying that he had, uh, had realised that part of his contract had uh, involved a... Um, uh, well, there were sort of legal elements that might mean that he wouldn't be able to converse today, but he said that he would like to try and see if he could do it it's, later on. The- I hope he can come on, because I do want to ask him about the, the payoffs, the mm. holiday allowance, the expensive car, mm. uh, and the, uh, the, the plaques... And the significant amount of chocolate. Well, he, do, he does say about... So he has sent some of the um, comments through for us this morning, and I shall read some statements, but there are pages of statements, so if you'll, you'll forgive me if I, if I, if I summarise them. Um, he said about the payoffs, he said that my remuneration and severance package is the business of the board, and therefore I wouldn't be able to comment on this. Okay. Uh, he talks about the organisational structure, which we, you know, there is a... Uh, he wouldn't be able to talk about the, 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 the bigger payoff that, that he got that he perhaps... It would appear he wasn't entitled to. Well, the report did say that he only asked for holiday pay, right. and he was then paid a huge amount more than he needed to be. Okay. And so, you know, he says, oh, that's the board's decision. You can still talk about it, I would imagine. I'd imagine we'd, so. we'd ask him anyway. We'd ask him. Um, the organisational structure, uh, which is, as I've alluded to, enormously complicated. People can now go onto the Education Funding Agency and Skills Funding Agency website and read these reports. They are fairly revealing but at the back of all of them are, are, are sort of these diagrams of how the Barnfield Federation is structured and my goodness me I think bonkers is really the only word I can use to describe mm. it it is so complicated at least 10 limited companies within this organisation it's very very confusing um, he said that uh, the board is ultimately in control of the Federation, not appointed or managed by me. They appointed and managed me. Um, financial claiming of over student, uh, sorry, financial overclaiming of students. He said that's linked to the insufficient recording of student hour, hours, and uh, uh, there are two subcontractors that underperformed. He said as well, these errors would have been picked up in colleges. Usual audit process. Um, it's a complicated. It's a long statement. It's, it's a complicated long. story, but it is a very, very important one. This is why we keep going back to this because it, uh, the whole thing of, of federations and things like that it, it is uh, it, it's a very important it's important when you consider that Barnfield as an organisation teaches I think it's one Academy in five things, yes. pupils in Luton right. so 20% of Luton students are at Barnfield schools so, and academies and, and you know the academy heads are itchy because they feel that they've kind of you know been under uh, investigation when you know it's been mainly the college that's been in the firing line for all of this the actual statement from Barnfield which I sh- should read uh, said that we are are tackling issues raised by the report with the single aim of ensuring that Barnfield is a strong, fit-for-purpose education provider that puts its students, parents and staff at the forefront of its thinking and okay. actions. Well, we'll be talking about this uh, more throughout the show. If you're uh, a parent of, or a grandparent of a pupil that goes to uh, a Barnfield uh, school, 
place of learning, then give us a call. And uh, fingers crossed we can get some Peter Burkett later in the week. Yeah. I would be more than happy. Now, sing hosannas, guys. Today is the start of our big tour. Yes, it was so successful last time, we brought it back for another whack. It's where we stop off at various locations across the three counties and dig a little bit deeper to find those stories that matter to you. This week, we focus on Kempston, where residents have been telling us that new housing is killing off part of the town as well as local wildlife. What's more, UKIP town councillor Nicky Attenborough says concerns that the new homes could leave the area vulnerable to flooding have been absolutely dismissed. Well, we can speak to Nicky now. Morning, Nicky. Good morning. Which areas of Kempston have been spoilt by new homes being built? It's at the uh, farthest end of Kempston, uh, Ridge Road, Cemetery Road, um, building really from the bottom of Kempston's rural area into the so-called bypass. And what's, what's so bad about these properties, Nicky? Because we're, we're constantly hearing we need, need new properties, so why are these ones inappropriate? Yes, we're always hearing that um, we need more houses. Um, none of us understand why and where, but this time it's hit Kempston very heavily. Now, those were what they are built on used to be called the Water Meadows. It was a beautiful part of rural Kempston, um, lovely fields full of wildflowers and wildlife, leading up to an exquisite little Norman church, which has been completely and utterly concreted over. And every single uh, objection that has been made by local councillors, and we've been fighting it for a long time, has been totally overlooked. The Environment Agency has been utterly and completely useless. And what they haven't realised is that it always was uh, a land that had water on it. And if you look at the Great Denham construction that's going on, it's waterlogged. Now, the water has to go somewhere. And I think this is outrageous that it's been utterly and completely ignored. And apart from that, our objections on the impact on the infrastructure were totally overlooked as well. Uh, uh, Nicky, yes, was Kempston badly affected by floods in the, the last few weeks? It has uh, certainly not been um, good around the river area, mm. no. And um, that, I think, you know, let's face it, they weren't called water meadows for nothing. Yes, that would give you some sort of clue, wouldn't it? It would. I would have thought so, yep. But... As far as I'm concerned, the water has to go somewhere. And, um, you know, when it actually does become destructive, like it has in Somerset and other areas, they seem surprised. Now, it isn't just that. It's the fact it's destroyed and had no, uh, no consideration on our infrastructure. There's pressure on schools. The hospital is under immense pressure. And as for the roads, well, Kempston is gridlocked at least twice a day in the uh, impact rush hour, and mostly the traffic now is increasing. Is there no um, provision for uh, increasing the infrastructure when new homes are built? It's never taken into consideration. Um, This is what makes me exceedingly angry. And remember, I have sat on two planning committees, one on Kempston Town Council and one on the borough. And every time I have asked whether huge development is considered uh, and when they were considering the so-called bypass, that road is not a bypass. It's an access road into this huge development that the fact is... Can the overriding infrastructure support it? And the answer with Kempston is no. Now, if I sound angry at six o'clock in the morning, it's not because it's early. It's because I am damned angry. 
This should never, ever have just been given carte blanche. But we now have no consideration for the local plan. And let's face it, every single objection that local councillors make is dismissed. Um, it is overruled by the government's planning. So there's nothing, there's, there's nothing you can do then, Nikki. Is that, is that right? You're powerless. Yes, Frankly, with this car crash of a government, we are powerless because they want to develop, I understand. The forecast is one million more homes. You tell me, Ewan, where they're going. Well, I've got a shrewd idea where some of them are, and they're sitting on some of the most beautiful land that made Kempston what it was, and it's now literally an urban sprawl that's moving into Wooten and Great Dunham. Nikki, I appreciate your time this morning. Go and have a nice cup of chamomile tea. You can't spend the rest of the day this angry. (laughs) Thank you very much, Nikki. Nice to talk to you. UKIP Town Councillor from uh, Kempston, Nikki Attenborough. This will calm her down a little bit. A little bit of Grover. Why not? Beautiful. Wasn't just the two of us a sitcom starring Nicholas Lindhurst and a woman with, um, like, a boy's haircut? Wasn't it? It was ITV. It was when ITV used to do sitcoms on a Friday night. And it was Nicholas Lindhurst, and as I've previously said, I'll repeat myself, a lady, a very thin lady, mm. with a boy's haircut. She looked like she smoked. You know some people have a smoker's face? Yeah. I don't know if she did. She looked like she did. And they uh, got into all kinds of scrapes. They newly yeah, yeah. Are you think? Are you talking about Del Boy? I, I'm, no, I'm not. You've <laughs> just described him. No, I've not described. No, what? Have. How have I described Del Boy? He's a boy with a smoky face. No, it was. <laughs> no, it was a. It was a lady, a very thin lady. Janet Dibley. Um, no. Ashley and Elaine. Oh, there we go. And uh, she looks like she's got a smoker's face, doesn't she? Yes. Yeah. She's got um, sallow cheeks. Chisel, chisel cheek. Chis- chisel cheeks. Uh, so not definitely not Del Boy. No, as far as we know, and well, was we th- never seen him in the same room. What was, what was the year? Uh, was nineteen eighty one? What? Oh, I can't think of the, the words I want to say. Was that the theme tune? Yeah, why not? Sure, let's have it. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Boom. Boom. Kelly's back. You had a nice holiday, Kelly. Hello. I did. It was lovely. Great stuff. Where did she go? Do you know? Venice. Oh, isn't that nice? Mm. What did she see there? Um, pigeons. She's got a dog now. I know. What's it called? Dexter. She calls it Baxter. I know. Because she's um, Mad. a bit crazy. We got that right, didn't we, Kels? Correct. Excellent stuff. <laughs> Catch I really ball. missed her. I really missed her. Oh, come on. Little friend. Come- Oh. She's like my studio pet. <laughs> yeah. I told her to bring the dog in. Yeah. I told you to bring the dog in, didn't I? Did you? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I'm so I'm hoping she brings the dog in. She better. Yeah, it'd be nice if you brought the dog in. We could just say it'd be nice if you brought the dog in. Do you want me to bring the dog in? Would you? I'd like her to bring the dog in. I want a little stroke. Uh, I'd like her to bring the dog in, but then for her to go home straight away. Well, hang on a minute. What if he needs walking or pooper scooping? Paul Scoynes. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we're going to be looking at the newspapers. Uh, if you'd like to join... By the way, we're in, we're, we're in Oscar-free zone this morning. Man, I'm bored of the Oscars. Is it finished yet? 12 Years a Slave, a film I'm never going to see. Gravity, a film I might see if they show it on uh, ITV3 in 15 years' time. But apart from that, I, I really... Oscars... Blah, blah, blah. Kelly cares. Does she? Yeah, look, she's got a hand up. Let me ask. Kelly, do you care? Have you seen the selfie from Ellen DeGeneres on Twitter? So, um... 
good selfie. Apparently it, it broke... I wonder if Kelly knows that it broke Twitter. Broke the internet. Shall I ask her? Yeah. Did you know it broke Twitter and the internet? What did? Oh, wait, 459, 455, 555 is the phone. I've been listening to a lot of Paul McCartney solo stuff what this for? weekend. Well, just I'm trying to suss it out. A lot of Paul McCartney solo stuff, Kels. All right. Turns out that Flowers in the Dirt, the album that the excellent My Brave Face comes from, the album's rubbish. I mean, rubbish. There's, there's, there's more dirt than flowers. Yes. There's one, they're very good. You should have been writing for the enemy back in 1989. Uh, there's Too w- young. You could have. Um, I probably could have. One brilliant song, My Brave Face. One half-decent song, put it there. One quarter-decent song. Um, I can't remember what it's called. The rest, utter guff. But then I listened this morning to um, Memory Almost Full, which is from about... F- Five years ago. Yeah, was that the one where he was writing about sort of getting over... Well, I don't know if he's writing about getting... Things. I, I need to work out if he's still with Heather Mills McCartney at the time, because if he, he is... He's on his way out by then. He's written a lot of love songs on there, though. And if they're about her, then I would have to they're change my opinion. Linda. Hopefully they're about Linda. I'm yeah. moving Anyway, this isn't from that. This is from another record... And I thought I'd play it now. Oh, good, okay. This bit's nice. Shut up! Kelly, shush! Frog chorus again, isn't it? He's found the, uh, the setting on his computer. He's good, he's good, Paul McCartney, actually. I've decided he's good. Through the papers. Yeah, when you said that, I thought we'd have to say something out loud. No. BBC is to AXA TV channel. <gasps> BBC Three. BBC Three? No. Snob Maria Void. BBC my, Four. My mum's a fat gay woman. BBC Three Counties. No. My, 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 my dad's a, a dead dog. Have you seen that? It is actually, that is Cracking. actually excellent. I shouldn't have, that is an, an excellent programme. I haven't seen that one. My dad's a dead What's dog. It about? It's about this, um, this fat girl whose dad's a dead dog. That is actually brilliant. That's not been explored before. I think that that's no. valid. But, um, but uh, you get rid of BBC Four. Yeah. This, you see, look, that's the that's the age gap. That's the postcode lottery we're hearing there. BBC Four's got quality programming. Yeah. Like niche. Um, Intellectual niche is on there. Yeah. The BBC is preparing to axe one of its main TV channels to help it find another £100 million in savings, insiders have said. In a dramatic concession to those who accuse the corporation of being too large, i.e. the Daily Mail, which is where this news this story comes from, um, the G- Director General Tony Hall, we salute you, sir, the boss, is expected to jettison BBC Three or BBC Four entirely. It's got to be BBC Three, and i tell you why it's got to be BBC Three. Because the BBC, it's, what was it? Um, Inform, educate, entertain. That was it. Relax, um, love and touch oh I don't know what it was it was form educate and entertain stop look listen stop look listen think think before you drink before you drive clunk click every Every trip trip. that was its motto when it started Kelly clunk Mm -hmm. click every Every trip trip. also nation shall speak peace unto nation yep yep veni vidi vici so when it first started not you shall tell girl that she's got too much eye makeup on we came we saw we conquered that was the initial motto (laughs) of the Romans of the was it the Romans Mm -hmm. what was the BBC that what I just said okay so anyway their initial motto Kelly was one of the things that one of us just said I, I can't be bothered to go back in my mind and, and work out which one it was inform educate and entertain and BBC3 entertain no it do, but it, it doesn't does. no it doesn't 
does. Seeing some common woman who can't work out how to open a bottle of Ribena to feed her baby is not... Actually, that is very, very entertaining. It doesn't inform, it doesn't educate, its entertainment value is... It's entertaining and it educates you uh, of people like that that exist. I think if you're watching stuff that could be on MTV... The, the BBC, BBC ask some questions. the BBC, as is proved by having me on this station, should not be chasing ratings. <laughs> they should be going for um, artsy fartsy stuff that no one likes to watch, but we like. To, oh, she's got bored, you see. They, well, they should be going for artsy fartsy stuff that not many people watch, but we all pretend we do watch. Mm-hmm. That's what the BBC should be doing. Definitely stuff that Stephen Fry proves of. Seriously, and when are they going to get rid of EastEnders? This is a genuine thing. We shouldn't. We, gosh, look at that. I've been indoctrinated. The BBC shouldn't be making guff like EastEnders. Utter, utter tosh. More Downton type things, less EastEnders. Yeah, well, the D- Downton is, is EastEnders in uh, Posh Frocks. What have you found? Um, all manner of things. As long as it's Oscar uh, free. All oh, right, well, it is Oscar free. Both Oscars, please. Be. Pistorius um, and Hollywood. Daily Mail's also going on about one of us losing, us, BBC losing hey. one of our biggest stars, Julia Bradbury. Who? The girl that did Watchdog five years ago. She does a walking programme that my mum and dad really like, so I'm sure they'll be upset. Oh, okay. No, I think she's really good, but let's not over-egg things. Well, let's not over-egg things. And can I just say, Susanna Reid, person I've met a couple of times, and she's been absolutely delightful to me. She even uh, messaged me once and said um, that there might be... Put me up for a job, basically. Oh, that was nice. Delightful lady. Sorry to be about personal life. None of my business. Not interested. Don't go to ITV. Do you, have you learnt nothing from Blakely? Have, you, have we learnt nothing from Blakely? You get the big fact check. People are waiting for you to fail. Six months down the line, Susanna who? Susanna who? But I also understand that for a, an attractive female presenter... I hadn't noticed. The shelf life is still, still short. She, so you might as well cut and run. She could own the BBC. She could be queen of the BBC. Instead, she'll be um, a pauper knocking at the door of ITV begging for some pennies. Or the saviour of morning television. Well... That programme that we do on a, on a breakfast, I know I'm probably going to get sacked with a sack for this. It's boring, isn't it? Well, this one? No, you get sacked for that. The programme they do on the telly. Do they do one? sit on a sofa it's kind of mm, it looks like they're sitting in a a very dour receptionist waiting room and imagine if they gave us that job for a week oh yeah we can make it work we've got more cushions that's uh, what's needed you do your next story I'm going to email Tony Hall yeah do say I've got some great ideas mostly put us in well I'll take half what they're on save money put it in money saving tips it's Ian and Kath from BBC 3CR we would be... Um, Sean Connery's saying that they say should um, sorry, Kels, it's, vote it's, for independence, the Kels, Scottish... Hang on, oh, hang on, sorry, got, so, sorry, Kels. What's what that? Mean? No. I could do, like, the weather or something. No. I could do... Um, um, be one of those reporters that they have doing stuff. You've got to think about your dog now, I'm afraid, mate. Blue Peter had them. Yeah, I'm going to fade you down because this is really embarrassing. Oh, mate, but I really felt Right, you know Scottish independence? I've heard you know, of it, yeah. David Bowie, who lives in New York, said they should stay. Yep. Well, um, Sean Connery, who lives in the Bahamas, said they should go. So that's that sorted. I'm just saying uh, that. What else have we got? Sent. Okay, we should probably... Probably, I'm guessing, guys, we, Catherine and I won't be here tomorrow. No. Won't be here tomorrow. Paul Scoyne's a political reporter um, and also a dull correspondent. And I don't mean he's dull. I mean he's the correspondent on dull things from time to time. I tell you why. I, no, don't worry. I can get myself out. My, my foot can be You're removed. You're on your own with this one, no, my friend. No, 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 no. He has sent me a message which will explain what I've just said. Okay. Paul Scoyne's. There is a TV station in Norway which is commissioned and transmitted an eight-hour train journey in real time. It's called Slow TV, 
and I like the sound of that. You see, he's our dull correspondent. It's, um... Oh, there's an email, Kelly, about a different ISDN number you've got to call. Oh, OK. We, we may not be able to get weather, so, um... Is anybody free to do the weather? Is anybody free to do the weather? I could Catherine, do it. could you... Oh, I could do it. Uh, um, I mean, Catherine. It'll probably rain. Well, not now. Okay. Let me do I'll, the news. Actually, it's going to be scattered showers. Yeah, cold right. and frosty. Okay. It's six forty-six. It's Monday, the third of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Officials in Washington say Russian forces have now taken complete control of the southern Ukrainian region of Crimea. At what point is it appropriate to do my joke, Crimea River? Not now. Okay. And Twelve Years a Slave has won Best Picture at the Oscars. Let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Scattered. No, uh, sorry. Showers. No, I mean, Kelly, I'm going to get frosty Catherine tonight. to do it. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, cold. Probably rain. Although clouds will gradually build and move in from the west, bringing a scattered, scattering of... That was embarrassing, wasn't it? I want to hear a trail for sport, yeah? Always. Hang on a minute. That's Donovan, Sunshine Superman. I want to I want to hear that, but I don't want to hear this first. Get Justin Daly on the line. I want to speak to him after this. A little bit of uh, the old uh, Donovan. Let's go to Jeffrey and Bracknell. Morning, Jeffrey. Morning. Not today, Jeffrey. No milk. Uh, let's go to Justin. Justin, where are you? <laughs> Good morning, boss. You well, well? Well, I'm fine, boss. Yes. Just not in the mood for a Jeffrey today. No, not in the mood. Yep. No. Now, listen, we've got you on mm. because there was a little story what done pop up in uh, Dar Paper earlier this morning. Yeah. Should I, should I read it? Yeah, we're going to be talking cool all morning. I quite like this. Yeah, good weekend. Yeah, good weekend. Good weekend. Oh, now, now I'm possibly being a bit racist, yeah. so I'll stop. <laughs> driving licences. This is an old favourite we've done from time to time, but driving licences should be renewed at 80, not 70. The driving licence renewal age should be increased from 70 to 80, an official report claims. A Department of Transport study reveals the system is struggling to cope, cope with growing numbers of applications due to the ageing population. So, at 70... You have to apply for a new driving licence. I think it's every three years, Kath. Is I think that? so, yeah. And all, to apply for it, you're not tested to apply yeah. for it. All you have to do is you get a form. Are you a safe driver? Yes. Can you see properly? Yes. Yeah. Have you got anything that means you shouldn't drive? No. You send it off and that's it. Is it less of a check as to whether you are a safe driver and more as to whether you can tick? I think that it's, it's a tick cross oh. uh, uh, test. That's it. Okay. And they now, because the DVLA is getting far too many letters and they can't cope with it, they now want to push it to 80. No, 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 no. I would rather have the DVLA flooded with papers than the roads being unsafe by old drivers who are incapable of driving. I've said this before, Justin. Mm. I will say it again. At 70, you should have... At, at, at 70, you have another driving test. Well, people are calling it a retest, but but this is not a retest no. at all. No. You, know, you, you fill out a piece of paperwork and that's it. Um, this morning, Ian, I've been talking to professional drivers on the A5 in Hertfordshire for their thoughts on older drivers. They back you up. Here's what they had to say. Over 70, yes. Uh, I think they should uh, really give up. So once you get to 70 years old, that's it, you don't drive anymore? Yeah, I think that should be it, yeah. Are older drivers really that bad, then, in your experience? Um, well, you've got a few, obviously, that aren't, but most of them are over the age of 70 
coming at 80, I think, give up really. Tell us what they're doing then. The reflexes are a lot slower than that, obviously, and uh, with this day and age, the speed and that on people driving that on the road, they're a bit, they poodle along. Now, you're 62, so are you going to stick to your words here? When you get to 70, in eight years' oh, time, will you give up? Oh, yeah, I shan't be driving. So you will definitely give up when you're 70? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep it at 70, quite honest, because uh, a couple of my older uncles, when they were 70, they reset the test, come back on, but the drawback is within, within, within a few years, they had serious accidents. In the 70s? In the 70s, early 70s. I've spoken to a man who said 70 should be the cut-off point. Uh, Once you get to 70, you shouldn't be allowed on the roads. Would you go along with that? I'd possibly agree with that, that the, the, sh- the testing should be actually made so that it's virtually impossible for them to go back on the road. Well, it was nice of you to grab Jarvis Cocker at the end yeah, there, Josh. I know, I know. Yeah, this morning in Harpershire, there he is. But, um, a uh, fact, nearly 60% of uh, over 70s now drive. That's up from 15% in 1975. Now, Cars have obviously changed. They're a lot quicker. Uh, you've heard the thoughts there. Uh, people on older drivers, they do tend to get this stereotype of being very, very slow, and they can cause more problems on the road. 08459 455 555. Catherine, you I, wanted to I have a something. cunning plan. Yeah. You know when they introduced uh, those practical tests for learner drivers? Mm. Obviously, that's going to increase the paperwork. Has it made much of a difference? I haven't noticed a huge difference in the quality of uh, new drivers. Have you? Nope. Nope. Not at all. Ditch that. Concentrate on the older drivers. Job done. Here's what we do. Okay, this is what we do. Um, most people in their right thinking mind know that if you're over 70, you're probably not a safe driver. Well, really? 70's not as old as it used to be. It, well, it's still 70. Bus passes. This is what we do. We change the bus pass system, okay? So instead of being able to use it just after 9.30 weekdays, you can use it 24-7. You want to get on that night bus, baby? You want to sit behind some uh, kids playing rap music on their telephone while smoking ganja? You can do that. <laughs> then you can do that. The thing uh, is, but, no, but, but we make the bus pass 24-7. You can go anywhere, anytime you want. You just do not drive. It is flawed. I'll tell you why. Because people want their independence. Somebody could be, what, 90 years old and they're a perfectly good driver. You can't say to that person, I'm sorry, even though you're yes. a fantastic driver, you're now going to go on the bus. Yes, you can, Justin. Really? Justin, say that. Jean's in Stevenage. Morning, Jean. Good morning. What would you like to say? Well, I've got a next-door neighbour who is 94 and he's still driving. Oh, dear. And how... He puts the fear of God up me. I've been... I've asked advice from different people, and they say, as long as he fills the form in and he says, yes, I can see, yes, I'm okay, they just give him a licence. And I think it's all wrong. What does he do that's so scary? Well, he's very, very dodgy, very confused. Um... I mean, I've been his neighbour for 52 years, um, and he, he, he's now admitted that he can't see very well, but he won't give his driving licence up. Jean, why don't you grass him up to the DVLA? Oh, I, oh, I have thought about it. I really have. Because you could be saving someone's life could by save doing his that, life. seriousness. Yeah, I know, I know. Has he got no family that can draw the line he's for him? He's got nobody. Oh, he's, dear. He's, he's lost his wife and oh. he, they didn't have any children. Um, I mean, I go in there a lot to him and he's so confused that I'm getting really, really worried now. So Jean, do you think I ought to? Uh, can I put it out to the listeners? 
please. Because I don't want to give you, I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. Let, let me see what the listeners think, and maybe we'll speak to you a bit later on. Because, you know, our tongues are slightly in our cheeks, but this is actually a very serious situation. Could potentially be, be life-threatening. Yeah. Jean, I, I mean, I thought of going to his doctors, but then uh, the data protection... Oh, the doctor the won't talk to you. Won't you. With me. Jean, keep listening. Maybe we'll speak to you a bit later on. You've heard Jean's predicament. Uh, 94-year-old fellow, lives next door, can't see particularly well, very confused. What should she do? Uh, your suggestion of, of... Well, the DVLA listen, though, I don't Catherine. know, I don't know, but it's a matter of public and personal safety, isn't it? 08459 four double five five double five. I know you're busy today, Just. Maybe, yeah. maybe you could put that little predicament to a few people. I'll put that out. And also, I think this morning, hopefully for after 8 o'clock, I'll try and find some drivers over the age of 70 and, and put the point to them directly. You know, a lot of people have, have said to me this morning that once you hit 70, you shouldn't be on the roads. You're above 70. Uh, why should you be on the roads? It should be quite an interesting one. Justin, thank you very much. I know we'll be speaking to you later on about something that will get the phones uh, a ring-a-ding-a-ding-donging. 08459 Four double five five double five. That's such a tricky situation that she's in there, Jean. Because what she does could stop him going out. He's got no one else. It's his independence. But but he could kill himself. She could save his life. She could save a kiddie's life. She could. What should Jean do? Seriously, 08459 So th- I guess that's the question, isn't it? Gene's got a, a 94-year-old neighbour, lovely old fella. He drives. His eyesight's not great. He gets very confused. She said he puts the fear of God in her. Well, what would you do in that situation? What would you, what would you do in that situation? We'll take your calls on this after the news with Lee Agnew. That's the place where Russia was born. I will pick up. It turns out we lost Lee Agnew there in the mists of time. Lee, hopefully we'll get back to you later on. He's having a few problems with his computer. So what? let me just press this button and see what happens. Sorry about that, Lee. Hopefully you can fix things. Give it, turn it off and on again. That seems to work. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning, including... Well, Barnfield is back in hot water... There's a recruitment drive for gay mums and dads. And no Sir Peter Burkett. Also, I took a cracking call from Jean uh, just before the news. There's a story that driving licences should be renewed at 80, not 70. Well, uh, drivers over the age of 70, do we really want them on our roads? Jean called up. Her next-door neighbour is 94 years old. He's a nice fella, but his eyesight's going and he gets confused. She is terrified of him driving, but he won't stop. What should Jean do? What would you do in that situation? We've had a tweet from uh, Scott that says, Jean should put a banana in his exhaust pipe. It'll stop the car working. I saw it on Beverly Hills Cop. I don't think that's going to help. don't think that's actually going to work. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. So, driving. We, we pop back to this story every now and then. It kind of rears its head once in a while. And uh, it gets people very excited. Driving licences should be renewed at 80, not 70 because the DVLA is a little bit busy. Well, all you have to do to renew your driving licence is you tick tick some boxes. Are you safe to drive? Yeah. Can you see? Yeah. Do you have lots of crashes because you're old? No. Then you can carry on driving. That's it. Brian's in High Wycombe. It's a crazy system, isn't it, Brian? We should scrap it. Here we go again. (laughs) 
if one takes the insurance company as a guide, I mean, this is the, uh, you'll hear this again, um, who do they think are the safer drivers and uh, who, who are causing the accidents? It's the very young. Where are your statistics that it's the very young causing the accidents? Well, accidents? I'm just going ah. Say, uh, ah, no it, facts. Well, okay. I'm just going on insurance. Why are insurance, some insurance premiums higher than others? risk isn't it because they know they know that young people will 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 pay it they'll find the money somehow but no i think it's it's very difficult here we go brian this is what we do okay because you you, i'm guessing from your voice you're uh, what 80 i'm in my 80th year 80th year okay what we do is we stop old people driving from 70 but we give them free bus and train travel 24 hours a day seven days a week they're going to take those away, aren't they? Well, well, no, under my system, they wouldn't. Under oh. my system, you get 24 hours free train and bus travel. That way, the roads are safer, and you can still go out to the bingo. I have started using the bus more now because yeah. of parking. <laughs> yeah, well, is, is it a bit difficult to park? Yeah. Why? Pardon? But why is it so difficult, getting your car in the space? Oh, no, but no, the, well, the actual cost of it. What do you think Jean should do, Brian? She's worried about her 94-year-old neighbour who's not a particularly safe driver. What should no, Jean I do? Are, I will know, and it might be next year, um, uh, when I'm too old. It's, I'm driving at the moment with confidence, but um, I drive less at night when the bright lights and things because uh, oh. I feel that I shouldn't be oh, on the road. Hang on a second. You're driving less when there are bright lights? Well, in, in the uh, nights, because of, uh, I feel confident enough to do it, but um, wow. I, I just feel less comfortable, and I think, you know, it's... Uh, uh, because of uh, the, all the wet weather, dazzle, and that sort of thing. Yes, in then that condition, then uh, okay. okay, I might be more. I might be a slight risk. Okay, but... bro- oh, Brian, thank you very much indeed. We'll end it there with Brian claiming he might be a slight risk when people have got those lights on their cars. Bit of dazzle. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. Particularly if you want to uh, suggest what Jean should do, who's concerned about her ninety-four-year-old neighbour who drives. Now, MPs will today call for a parliamentary debate into the Barnfield Federation after two government departments published highly critical reports aimed at the Bedfordshire schools chain. Unless there is significant improvement of the Federation, the government will not hesitate to take further action. Sir Peter Burkett, the former Director General of the Federation, was due to appear on the programme at 8 o'clock this morning, but he's pulled out of that interview. Paul Scoynes uh, has been following this story. He pulled out rather last minute, didn't he? Yeah, pulled out this morning. Um, he he said that uh, he'd signed uh, when he left Barnfield last year. He'd signed some uh, some paperwork, uh, which he was worried might preclude him from uh, discussing some of the points we wanted to raise with him about the reports. Odd, he remembered that at four thirty this morning. Well, yeah, yeah, a little bit maybe, especially considering we had set the interview up uh, initially several weeks ago. But hopefully he's coming on this week if he well, can clear it with his legal, to team. his legal team. Brilliant. What he, can say. he has sent a, a very wordy statement which we can um, we can pull out at some point. Uh, just give us a brief back. I know we're going to speak to a guest in a second. A brief background to this story. What, what, what exactly has happened in this report? It's Both of these reports are quite damning, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, Barnfield, it's a, um, it's a federation. Um, it's a college. Uh, it runs uh, the college sponsor at a, a number of academies, around half a dozen or so in Bedfordshire. It was looking to expand. Um, 
whistleblowers led to uh, two government departments uh, instigating some reports. The reports were fairly damning. They were published on Friday. Uh, the investigation has been going on since September. Um, so this is something that we've been following for a long time. Main headlines are that there were big overspends in uh, in some failed projects, um, some uh, money, about a million pounds claimed for students it couldn't actually prove it had taught. Um, overpayments to senior staff some roles were overpaid by as much as £20,000 payoffs to the uh, former Director General Sir Peter Burkett um, when he resigned so he wasn't really actually entitled to those lots of conflicts of interest Um, allegations of profligate spending for example £8,000 on plaques bearing uh, Sir Peter Burkett's name um, excessive amount spent on chocolate as well yeah apparently a quote significant amount of chocolate but you know this I suppose speaks of a organisational structure which is very complicated wasn't very efficient and led to money public money being wasted we've explained why sir peter burkett isn't here today uh just clarify why we haven't got anyone from barnfield when uh, when we interviewed someone from barnfield a couple of months ago mm. they said they'd be more than happy to come on once these reports were released yes you interviewed stephen hall who was the uh, joint interim chief executive officer of barnfield back in october um he has subsequently been moved back to his former role. They said that was always going to happen. It was an interim role. So he was not uh, the person that they were suggesting they were going to put up for interview. There was talk of putting up the, um, the acting chair of the governing board. Uh, she has decided that she um, cannot speak because the new broom, if you like, the new interim another interim chief executive uh, dame jackie fisher has come in and uh, barnfield have told us that they won't be putting anybody up for interview for the foreseeable future um i don't understand why surely it would make sense to come on and explain mm. uh and say yeah we, we, we messed up this is what we're doing to change it to, to to put the public's mind at ease and also the parents as well well i think barnfield's view is they've got a month now to rectify some of the problems that were identified in this report the government has said it needs to uh, the organization needs to take uh, significant action needs to correct these um these these irregularities and uh, and they've given them a month to consider the options now one of those options here must be the splitting mm. uh, or at least one of the options they must consider must be the splitting of the academies so taking uh, presumably taking those academies that are currently barnfield west south all those other ones and taking them out of barnfield control um, that is something which is going to have to be considered whether or not that will be the ultimate outcome we don't know because you know we can't talk to them barnfield are saying that they're tackling the issues raised in the report um, they want to ensure that the organization is a fit for purpose going forward um, so you know that's very limited to what we've been been told ultimately paul thank you very much indeed i'm joined now by bodrell amin who is from the national union of teachers in luton morning bodrell good morning Ian. these reports what do you make of them are they surprised you well it, uh, this is a damning indictment really into the the workings of the barnfield federation and um just for the benefit of your of your listeners you know some of the highlights of the report you know one million wrongly claimed for go students 1.25 million spent on expansion projects which which never took place uh, 3.5 million spent on um, shared services for things like hr payroll 16 percent of the academy's income um, significant salary increases to to mem- senior members uh, with no with no oversight um, and we can go on and on really so this is really a damning indictment into 
um, financial mismanagement and extremely poor governance at uh, Barnfield Federation. What have your members been telling you, Bodrell? Well, uh, obviously, I can't uh, sort of disclose what sort of members have been saying, but uh, they're, they're extremely, um, uh, extremely sort of surprised and shocked, really, at some of the things that have been going on. Um, obviously, they're not uh, responsible for the, for these these things that have happened at a management and and governance level. How have students been affected by all of this? Do you think? Well, I think it affects confidence, really. Uh, but the Barnfield Federation is now uh, a tainted uh, brand, uh, and it affects the confidence of the students who are attending the academies uh, and the colleges. And uh, I think several students and and and, um, and parents will consider sending their parents to to any of the schools associated with with Barnfield now. And what action, Bodra, would you like to see the government take? Well, I think, um, uh, you know, they have set some targets, but I think ultimately we would like to see the academies, uh, uh, the four academies that are linked to the Barnfield Federation, we would like to see them return to local authority control. Because when, when a local authority school f- um, fails an offset inspection, it's forced to become an academy. Um, so in this situation, the academies have failed, so therefore the, the, the academy school should return back into local democratic control and not controlled by one, one person. Padre, do you think that this uh, whole situation with Barnfield shows that the academy system is flawed? Absolutely. Um, I think uh, w- what you have is, is a structure whereby um, you have the academies themselves and you have nothing in between. So you have the academies and the funding from the government. What we want to see is local democratic control where you have oversight so you can prevent uh, people like um, Pete Burkett spending £10,000 on marble plaques and um, getting a settlement agreement which they were never entitled to, including an Audi Q5. Um, so we want to see something in between uh, uh, and we, we believe that the best option is to have local democratic control via the LEA. Paul, you have something you want to say? Well, I just, I thought I should probably put the points raised by the, the Department for Education here at that point, because the, the Department for Education have told us that uh, you know, they're, they're confident that the oversight of academies is good, and indeed that they say that uh, it was through uh, the sort of government's action to address concerns at Barfield, it illustrates, they say, the strong accountability systems that are in place to protect public funds. Um, in terms of uh, Pete Burkett, I mean, he said that he's pleased that the investigation has come to an end, allows Barnfield to go on providing good opportunities, great opportunities even for students in the community of Luton and he goes on and also talks about how you know in the early days Barnfield wasn't a very successful uh, school and college and indeed um, they went from um, being you know some of the academies went from being at the bottom of the league table to the top so you know there were improvements made under those mm. uh, under those the, that, that federation and indeed you know uh, they would say as well that the academies in terms of their education um, ratings have, no, have not been questioned in this in this report. Gentlemen, we have to end it there. Paul Scoynes, thank you very much. Bodrell Amin, uh, National Union of Teachers in Luton, thank you. Buckinghamshire filmed movie Gravity has won seven awards at the Oscars. yip de doo Well done, those guys. They must be... Um, oh, there's a joke here. They must be um, on the moon. Um, What's the phrase when you're really excited? Uh, uh, up there with the... Over the... Over the, over the moon! Oh, yeah! Yes. OK, right, OK, we'll do it. And Buckinghamshire filmed movie Gravity has won seven awards at the Oscars. They must be over the moon. <laughs>
<laughs> and we're the breakfast crew and we love having a laugh. Uh, got lots of your texts. Let's have a quick look at the, uh, uh, this one. Uh, Alan in Luton says, Morning Ian, in my view, everyone should be retested every five years. Story that uh, driving licence should be renewed at 80, not 70. You don't get tested at 70, you just have to fill in a form saying, yeah, I'm all right, I'm all right. Uh, we also spoke to Jean, who's um, uh, in a sticky situation. A 94-year-old neighbour. He's not a very good driver. His eyesight isn't great, and um, he gets very confused, and she's worried. What should she do? K.M. Milton Keynes says it may be worth Jean contacting the local adult social care team. Also help him discover the local public transport option. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because you don't want to deny an old gentleman his freedom. But... You don't want someone to get knocked over by an old bloke who can't see and gets confused. 08459 455555. David, in 60, uh, who is 66, says, Lay off the old drivers. I'm resuming my interim career after three years of illness and will be driving to Birmingham early a.m. Monday, returning p.m. Friday. It's not about age, rather what's between your ears. Well, David, I would suggest it's also about your age. David in Marsh Farm says, My father is coming up to 94. He is a great driver. The worst drivers on the roads are drivers of BMW and Audi cars. They are aggressive drivers, always want to be in front of you, and don't keep to the speed limit. Dennis! Good morning. I don't think we spoke to you last week, did we? Well, I kept out of you. It was a wonderful, wonderful week. I know, you were talking oh. like rot of rubbish, so I didn't bother. It, did you not call in simply because Kelly Betts wasn't in last week? Uh, yes, I did. No. No. Yes, she's, I, I've got a picture of her over the internet, and she's a gorgeous-looking girl. You leave it alone. Kelly, can you take more time off? Because it turns out when you're not in, Dennis doesn't call in. Dennis, didn't you ring in? No, I'll need to find out where you were and tell oh, them how, how, how beautiful you were, and I told them to leave you alone. Oh, thanks, Dennis. I don't mean leave you alone on your own, but just stop getting at you. OK. De- she's got a dog now, Dennis. Well, Imagine that, she's entrusted with a live, living creature. Kelly, teach yes. it to bite him. I'm going to teach it to meow. Oh, teach, teach it to bite him. OK, I'm going to get rid of Kelly now. Not yes. like that, I'm just oh. going to fade her down. It's not a permanent thing. Although, what do you want, Dennis? You were talking about aged drivers. I was driving until I was 85. Oh, I only f- gave it up because the damn car wasn't fast enough. Oh, dear. That's, I mean, that is disgusting, isn't it? I know, yes. My granddaughter's got it now, so she's thrashing it to death. So, did you not miss driving at all? Uh, no, not really. Um, I wound up in parts of London through using the sports button on the top of the stick in a, in a, a course of old people's car. I was doing 80 of the N3, and I wound up in uh, parts of London. I was so excited, overshot the, the 25, and I wound up in parts of London. I didn't know where the hell I was. Yeah, oh, is that, is that how you explained ending up on Brewer Street and in Soho to the missus? Oh, I didn't no. know how to get there! No, I know, honestly, I stopped and asked people. Half the people I asked didn't know where they were, and the other half didn't even know they were in Britain. There we go, you see, Dennis. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, eight, four, four. oh Dennis, what do you think Jean should do with her 94-year-old neighbour? Oh, go and make him a cup of tea. Well, there you go. That's a, that's a useful contribution. 08459 555 is the uh, telephone number. What should Jean do with her next-door neighbour? Uh, now, um, oh, where are we? I'm all over the shop here. Oh, yeah, here we go. A national drive to encourage more of us to consider fostering or adopting launches today. More specifically, those of us who are gay, lesbian, bisexual or transgender. 
It seems that even now, in 2014, we still need to spell it out that who you choose to sleep with has no impact on your ability to raise children. Well, in the next half an hour, we'll be talking to an adoptive father who happens to be a gay. Well, Justin's been finding out what kind of attitudes dads like him can expect on the street. Justin, you've been talking to people about Mm, this. I have, yeah. I'm guessing you've got maybe a slightly mixed reaction. Absolutely. Um, I've been asking people whether they believe this week should be celebrated. Some very strong views coming up here, Ian. Here's what people had to say. I think there's no difference. A human being is a human being, gay or not gay. So it doesn't it, it doesn't make a difference to me. It's just the person's heart and how they see things. That's that's all. Yeah, I think it's just the same as male and female. There's no difference with it. Still get brought up the same. Still get the same love. You say you're not happy. I, I, I'm not really really happy about it because even the homosexual, I don't I, I don't like it. I don't like Lisbon. I don't like it. To me, it's like introducing something. Whatever the, the way the mother. Uh, the behavior of the mother, the child will be the same. So that means they are helping them to be increased, to be like a homosexual or and then it will bring so many diseases as well, as AIDS and everything and then they just spread it to the neutral people as well. If the parents are both gay and the child's not, what way is the child going to grow up itself? You know, that's where you have to think as well. Do you think that child could grow up and and look up to their parents and become gay themselves? Yeah, that's what I think. Your general thoughts are, it's, it's very confusing for a child. I think it is confusing. Gay men are adopting children and thinking what way is that child going to grow up the same way thinking it's just going to populate the world even more. No, it's a good idea. I'm not against it. I've got cousins and relatives that are gay and she's got a child of her own. I've spoken to a few people who say it's just wrong and that child growing up will be influenced by their parents and they could become gay themselves. What's your thoughts on that? No, that's bull. I'm sorry but it's just is. My cousin, I say she's got a little boy of her own and she's gay. But she was mad and she meant to gay. But her son's fine. So it's not, that's just a load of bull. They're way back in the 1960s, I think, quite honestly. I'm all for it. I've got nothing against the gays or lesbians. So they're no harm to me. So... Because if a child's looking for a home yeah. and it's got two loving parents, parents, what is the difference? There's no difference. Um, I'm sorry, um, I can't really answer the question. Can I ask why? Um, well, I don't, I don't like the whole thing about gay and lesbians bringing up children. So why are you so against it? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't really want to answer any more questions. I've got to go. Sorry. Thank you. Wow. I'm shocked by some of those mm, things. Absolutely. I mean, to, to be fair, Ian, normally when we go and ask people about this sort of thing, people tend to, to give an answer which is, let's say, radio-friendly. But um, on this particular occasion, people certainly weren't holding back. I mean, that lady there in the middle saying, you'll be introducing the children to something and they will grow up to be gay, which will then spread AIDS to the world. I mean, I find those views absolutely incredible. Certainly not views for the year 2014, put well, it that way. The thing is, I know if I were to ask my mum about this, this mm. she would probably be against it yeah. because she is of that generation of she, if i said mum what do you reckon about a, a couple of gay men a couple of lesbians adopting the children uh, adopting some children i think and I, I hope i'm not doing her a disservice i think she would probably be she would frown on it because she is of that generation mm. she wouldn't go as far as to say it's going to uh, make people gay and it's going to spread the aids but she she would she would be slightly against it so 
I'm, I'm trying to phrase this. I was going to say I can understand hmm. uh, their attitude. I, I understand it's like the wrong word, but I can. But but it's going to spread. I mean, it is laughable. It's going to spread AIDS, and it's going to make people gay. You can't. Catch, I don't think you can catch gay, can you? I mean, straight away, her face completely changed, and she said, "I'm not happy about this. I am not happy about this at all." Um, I was surprised by the views that I got. Our radio station, all about people and their opinions. Maybe, and let me just put this out there. Maybe those people were just saying what most people think. I don't know. Well, Justin, listen, excellent work. We'll speak to you a bit later on. Thank you for that. Let's put it out there. What do you think? Uh, we weren't. We, we, this wasn't going to be the, the kind of the question, but I suppose on the back of what we've just heard there, this has to be one of the questions. And I feel odd saying it, but I'm going to say it. Is it acceptable for gay men and lesbian women to adopt children? That wasn't going to be the phone-in, but hearing uh, the couple of voices in there that were so anti, I guess we have to start with that basic premise. We have to kind of take a step back. So, is it okay for gay men and lesbian women to adopt children? 08459 455 555. I think I think we can all agree to ignore the nonsense about they're going to that's going to spread AIDS. I think we can ignore that, and I'd like to think that we can all ignore it's going to make people make the children gay. But maybe that is a concern of yours. Surely, if there are kids that need fostering and there are kids that need adopting, doesn't matter where they go, does it? As long as they're, they're being loved, as long as it's nice people that are adopting them, and it's not people that are going to beat them up or bully them or, you know, that's, that's, that's the only prerequisite, isn't it, Catherine, I would have thought? I think it should be. If, there's a, if, if there's a, there are kids, and we know we, we often, every few months, we do a story about how there are so many kids needing fostering, so many kids that need adoption, and there aren't enough people to do it. So if it's a gay, two gay men, it doesn't matter if they're gay, as long as they're going to love the child, surely. That's the only... Kid. Stable, stable, f- loving household. Surely that's the that's the prerequisite. Let's put it out there, dear listeners. And, and it, it wasn't the question I was going to ask. We may move to that later. Is it okay for gay men, lesbian women, to adopt children? Yes or no? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Yes. Sorry? Oh, I thought you were asking me. Oh, no, I was asking the listener. I'm asking them to call in on it. And don't be shy. It's one of those things that I know sometimes people can be a bit reticent to call in about because they, uh, they don't want to say the wrong thing or upset the PC brigade. I've never met this PC brigade. I'd love to go and have a coffee with them. They sound delightful. But uh, you, there, there is no right or wrong answer on this. It's your answer. It's your opinion. It's your truth. That's what we want to hear this morning, really. And if you do think it's wrong for gays to adopt kids, why? Why? Is it based on... Uh, on? Um, I mean, th- there are still people who think that uh, um, they, they link homosexuality with paedophilia. There are still people that make that connection. And I feel silly even saying it. But there, there, there will be someone thinking, oh, children with gays, you don't know what's going to happen there. Or you do. You do know what's going to happen there. They're, they're going to be loved and looked after. Probably. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Give me your calls on this, please. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, more at 8 o'clock. What happened earlier, Lee? You disappeared. I, I was reading the news yeah. and it just vanished in front of me. Wow. It was like there was no news going on in the world. I got a panic message on this tiny little speaker going, Help! And then you disappeared. I know. I know. It, I, and we were all, I was going to play the clip from Gravity. Oh, man. Which I know you were looking forward to. I, I was really. Uh, I'm not, have you seen Gravity? I haven't seen Gravity 
yeah. I, I rarely go to the cinema these days because it's so cheap to buy them on DVDs. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you get it for three quid up Tesco's in a few weeks, haven't you? Don't, you, you, Lee. You're killing the cinema industry. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is Ian Lee. He's right. BBC though. Three Counties Radio. You go to the pictures. It can cost you, if you once you get your sweets. You're looking at ten, fifteen quid per person. Uh, and you can get it on DVD for a few quid a little bit later on. I am looking forward to films. I am looking forward to going to see. Strangely, the one with Liam Neeson on an aeroplane. I'm looking forward to that. I like films with him being uh, vengeful. In I like him when he talks like that. I'm going to shoot you on an aeroplane. I've got no gun. I will find you. I will find you. I've got a bit of an Irish accent in there as well, because I'm, I'm Irish, but I'm still a... I like to pretend I'm American, but they like the Irish accent, so I drop it in every now and then. You know what I'm saying. Oh. Boy. I'm also looking forward to the new Wes Anderson film. Guys? Looking forward to what? The new Wes Anderson film. What's that then? Wes Anderson made The Royal Tenenbaums, which yep. is one of my favourite films in the world. It makes me... I didn't me... get that. You didn't get it? I tried to watch it and I didn't get it. The reason you didn't get it is because you've got no heart and soul. I think I was too young. Maybe if I watch it now. Made me cry. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe only men get it. Maybe only men get it. Because there's a couple of bits in there that really make me cry. Really make me cry. There's like what? A, there's the bit when Ben Stiller, who is struggling because his wife died um, and he doesn't get on with his... There's a lot of dysfunctional relationships with fathers in there. That's kind of a, a, a key thing. Right. And uh, he's, he's, he doesn't want to talk to his dad throughout the whole film. Then right at the end of the film, uh, he just says, he says to his dad, I'm having a really tough time, Dad. And his, his dad puts his arm on his shoulder and goes, I know you are, son. <gasps> oh. Isn't Tannenbaum um, Christmas tree? Yes. In German. Is it really? Yeah. Der Liebschling Tannenbaum. Mm. I didn't know that. Figure of Dinah Bledsoe. Yeah, voice the mm. Neuer Rathaus. See. Yeah. Uh, the Neuer Rathaus is over the Kreuzung and of the of the Lincoln Zeiter. Joyce is on the telephone. Oh, good morning, Joyce. Good morning. What? What on earth is that? Good morning to you in Welsh. Well, listen, we're lucky that we're, we're speaking, we're able to speak English and Welsh. And well, thank you to everybody who made that possible for us all those years ago. Right, good. Yes. Ian. Yes. You said it doesn't matter when little children go as long as they're loved. I, don't, I think you should rephrase that. Go on. Yes. And I do, I don't agree with um, people. Why having... should I rephrase that? It's, it, it, it when you said it doesn't matter where they go, as long as they're loved, it yeah, does they, matter where they go because they got their lives as well as being loved. Yeah, but if they're if they're if they're being adopted or fostered, then uh, as long as the people that 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 take them love them and care for them, that's all that matters, isn't it? Not really, because they got their lives to think of and plan for them me, as well as love. Tell me more. Well, I don't believe in gays having children. Uh, you know, you said about adopting males, having children. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't agree with that because you've got a little, little life in front of them. Yeah. And they're going to go through, OK, the, the two of them, the male and female, will have lots of love and all the rest of it. Yeah, OK. But that little child, yeah. when it goes to school and as it grows up and everything, yeah. think, just think about it, Ian. You are planning their little lives. And is it fair? Why, well, why is it unfair, Joyce? Tell me that. I don't think it's fair because well, tell me why. they have got to carry it on their shoulders. They will get ridiculed, maybe, by some children, as you do, but get bullied at school for yeah. any old thing you get. Yeah. And it's very hard for a little child to explain. Bullying, you can explain, and fighting, and kicking. But kids, kids if kids want to bully... Yeah, but they'll got, always they'll always bully. Doesn't matter they, if you've got. A, yeah, get, but they've got a choice. The the two males or females are putting that on their shoulders. But the kids might get bullied for being, you know, in a care home. 
Yeah, well, that's okay because. But at least if they if they if they've got if they're in a care home, they go home and they cry. They, they probably wouldn't get that much attention. Why are you crying? Get on with it. If they go home to their gay dads, yeah, uh, th- their dads can help help them help console them and comfort them. No, there's not many there's not many parents that let children get bullied nowadays. Well, then the uh, gay dads wouldn't let them get bullied, no, or the no. lesbian mums. No, it's a growing up with two males, two females. It's a lot to put on that little child's shoulders when they grow up. So you'd rather they stayed in the care home? No, I think they could get foster love and everything, and they could from go where? Out, they go out into the community, from, into clubs. From where? There's, there's, there's no, there's, there aren't enough people fostering and adopt. There aren't enough uh, people of any sexual orientation well, fostering sorry, or adopting. Well, that's my, that's my idea of. You know. <laughs> so the o- is, is the only concern, Joyce, yes. that they might get bullied at school? No. What's the, what are the other concerns? I think as they grow up, they've got that on their shoulders and they can't talk about it to people. Why not? Surely Why haven't be... I got a mummy? Why haven't I got a daddy? Well, I would have thought that the, the, the two... Know, the two questions. Yeah. You're, you're, you are yes. putting on little children's lives which are just starting out. But surely the two gay dads or the two lesbian mums would sit down at, at, at an appropriate age and say, right, listen, Steve, the reason... Um, there are two dads is because sometimes men and men love no, each other no, and I think it's changing the whole world I'm sorry I disagree are you concerned Joyce because there are lots of kids of course that grow up with one parent yeah where's my daddy yeah. where's my mummy yeah are you concerned Joyce that uh, little Stevie may grow up to be a homosexual of course, because they can see the mum and dad doing it. A child, your little children do what you do. If you swear, you zip your mouth up because that child is going to say it, isn't okay. he? They won't see them doing it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but they, uh, they, they, no, no, but let, they won't. Let's be, let's be practical and logical here. Okay. When a child sees something doing, yeah. they will copy. You are, I'm you sorry. Are, you are right. You're, you, let's be practical and logical. Let's go down the logical no, route. I've got to go. I'm sorry. I'm going to get wh- picked up. One question. One question. <laughs> Who are the parents of gay children? Sorry? Who are the parents of gay children? I don't understand the question. Who are the parents of gay children? Generally, what is the sexual yes. orientation of, gay, of, of people that become gay? It's straight, isn't it? It has to be for them to be born. So they've, they've seen their parents enjoying a, a heterosexual relationship, and yet they've become gay. And, they've, and the children have lost that. The children have lost it, haven't they, then? Because they're growing up loving a male, loving a male, and a female, loving a female. So they've lost been able to perhaps have children on their own. Sorry. Bye. There we go. That's what I like, is uh, a weak argument uh, ended by someone um, putting the phone down. But you, you can't believe that the children see what their parents do. Well, if, if, your, if your children see you, excuse my language, having sex, you're doing something wrong as a parent, whatever your orientation, OK? That, that should never happen. We all know that sometimes it does, and boy, aren't those awkward moments, but it shouldn't happen. But also, gay children, I would imagine, come quite often from heterosexual parents, so they've not copied, they've not copied and learnt the behaviour. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Steve's in Luton. Morning, Steve. Morning, Liam. Uh, Steve, now, what, what's your view on this? Uh, well, it's a ridiculous question. Uh, of course, it's not right for uh, gay and lesbian people to have children, um, especially not adopting children. Um, it's not normal and it's not right, and the last lady was spot on. Tell me why. Well, what more, what more reason do you need than the word normal? It's not 
normal. It's not right. The world is getting corrupt, um, and they, and kids do learn. As the lady said, they do learn from their parents. They do learn from the media, and the gay and lesbian thing is just getting rife throughout the world. It's corrupt in the world. It's disgusting, and they should not be allowed to have children. It's, it's not normal, is it, Ian? It, it's quite simple, isn't it? Statistically, it's not normal. Statistically, no, it's not normal in statistic terms, but in in biological terms. It is normal. It is normal. No, you're wrong, aren't you? You're wrong. It's not normal. Steve, you let me finish the sentence. And gays can't have children naturally. If you let me finish the sentence. Go on. Uh, it, it is normal within society for a certain percentage to be homosexual. It happens in the human world. It happens in the animal world. Yes, but it's not normal for them to have children. That's bec- the reason because gay and lesbian people can't naturally have children because they're not normal. Okay, well, what... Abnormal. So gay people are abnormal? 100%. It's, 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 this is very easy, and you'll have no argument against it for once, Ian. Um, it's very, very, very simple. The word is normal. Uh, you keep saying the word normal. You keep saying... Steve, out. Steve. If, can I finish my sentence? No, you can't, if Steve, because you're talking complete and utter balls. The thing Sorry? is, Steve, we're not saying about everyone being gay or lesbian. We are talking about a percentage of the population being homosexual. We're not talking about everyone becoming a gay and everyone becoming a lesbian so that the population dies out. There is a shortage of people to foster and adopt children who need to be loved and looked after and educated and nurtured. So why should those children have to suffer? Why shouldn't they go to gay couples, lesbian couples, who will look after them, who will protect them, who will love them? Why would you deny a child that, Steve? Because it's going to bring them up in the wrong household. They should not be subjected to it. The child would think it was normal when it's abnormal. Steve, now, I've got to... not be subjected to it. They, they, will, they won't be subjected to gay sex, will they? They won't be subjected no, to it. No, they would. They'll be, they will see a man and a man or a woman and a woman being loving to each other, which is Aha. abnormal. So here we go. So you're not talking about the statistical abnormality of homosexuality. You're talking about the fact that it's, it, it, it's wrong. It's wrong to be gay. That is correct. Yes. Okay, so we okay. The, the, uh, at last, we're finally that's getting to the a truth. Fact, is it? It's an undeniable no. fact. No, it's not. It's 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 an opinion. It's it's an opinion. It's a, a bigoted, old-fashioned opinion as well. I'll, I'll grant it's you a that. Fact, isn't it? No, it's, it's saying simple. saying it's wrong to be gay is not a fact, Steve. That's that's an opinion uh, based on misinformation and bigotry. It's How, not. What it's not what wrong. It's not wrong for someone to love someone else. Doesn't matter what they get up into in the bedroom. If someone loves someone, if two men love each other, right? Why is that so bad? Why is that wrong? It, I've, I've just told you it's not normal. No, 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 no. We've, we've, we've got past the Steve. We've got past the word normal. We, we now we've now focused okay, on the word wrong, which is I think is is is, is a stronger right. word and is let's, a better word. Let's try moving on without you interrupting me. I'll let you speak, uh, and I can I tell you why. It's very straightforward. Um, if you're just going to repeat the same, Steve, if you're, you're just going to repeat... No, because I want to lay down the ground rules. I'm going to lay down the ground rules and then you can speak. And I'll even miss travel if you're making a good point. If you repeat the same argument again, we'll end the conversation. So I'm really hoping you can take this argument forward, Steve. Away you go. No, you're hoping you can cut me off because you know if I finish my sentence, you'll be wrong and you'll be proved wrong. I'm wait- I, listen, I, I'm, uh, tell Alice we may not get to her. Steve's going Steve's to take the argument forward. Steve, away you go. You'll cut me off. 
Steve, away you go. You haven't let me finish my sentence, which I will try and start now, but I'll say goodbye because you will cut me off before I If you repeat the same argument, I will let you go, but if you can take the argument forward, then we we can talk until eight o'clock if you want. I have to start with the same premise, but you... you Okay, well, lay down that premise again, although we've got it, and then take the argument forward, if you can, Steve, beyond it's wrong to be gay. (laughs) But I'm going to try and explain that, because you've said I am wrong, and I'm not wrong. It is abnormal. And the world would die out. There's a starter. The world would die out. We've done that one. Next. Yeah. Take the argument forward, Steve. That is my total proof. That is the end of the conversation. That proves it's not normal. Steve. Why would normal end the world? Steve, you're right. That's the end of the conversation. Tell Alice we will get to her. Couldn't take the argument forward. Went back on a point that we'd already addressed, that we're not talking about everyone becoming gay. We're not talking about everyone becoming lesbian. That wasn't, that wasn't the point, Steve. I thought, we'd, I thought we'd ascertained that and got beyond that. Nice try. Not as good as your try last week. Last week I gave you a 6 out of 10. This week I'm afraid it's only a 4 out of 10. Very disappointing. Must try harder. Buckinghamshire filmed movie Gravity has won seven awards at the Oscars. Those guys must be over the moon. OK, let's get the weather with Elizabeth. Hi, very good morning. Those good guys, morning. those guys, Elizabeth, from uh, the movie Gravity, the they must be over the, the moon. moon. Yeah, it's, it's wild to think. Space-based adventure. It's, about the, it's the only film I've actually seen as well. Whatever. <laughs> no. Oh. Like the Oscars. All right, you, have you got yeah. a cold? You sound a bit bunged up. No, I'm all right, thanks. All right, all right, all right. Let's have the weather, please, my dear. This microphone. I am in a different studio to normal, so... Oh! It's a bit weird in here. In fact, I feel like I'm in gravity at the moment. You must be over like the moon. station, I am. Yeah. yeah. Did you, did you fancy okay. doing the weather, or...? Yeah, yeah, here we go. Here we right, go. It's a chilly start. That's the forecast. You jump? I am. Nope. <laughs> looks, looks good, I enjoyed it. It's just brief. Hey, we had... Um, who's well, that girl? go on and on. No, we had... Uh, was it Thornton? Sarah yeah. Thornton? Can we, yeah. can we not get her again? I tell you why. No, I tell you why. She promised us snow. She kept talking about slushy deposits and snow. Yeah. I didn't see none of that. Well, well, we... <laughs> did you read the Daily Express? They were going for, like, snowmageddon. Oh, yeah. We did actually get a little bit of snow right on the top of the Welsh hills. No, so. she... Thornton um, promised us some in Buckinghamshire, right? We didn't get well, it. I want we to look, look maybe at... there might be a little bit on the top no. of the Chilterns, Good. but it turned out to not be the case. I'm going to log an official complaint against her, and if she ever comes no, on this show again, that. I'm walking. <laughs> Thank you, Elizabeth. <laughs> Talking about um, gays, lesbians, uh, adopting and fostering children, and well, it's, it's kind of being encouraged this week and well the argument has, has, has started a level though that i was expecting to after hearing an incredible vox from justin Dealey earlier on i'll play a bit of that later um the, the question has, has kind of gone one lo- level lower than i expected to so we're starting off with a very basic basic premise is it okay for gays and lesbians to adopt children i kind of assumed the answer to that would be yes and we, we the, the conversation would would start elsewhere but it turns out lots of you think that's not okay just spoke to Stephen Luton, who's uh, becoming a regular caller. Always nice to spar with him. He just needs to up his game a bit. Priscilla's in Luton. Morning, Priscilla. Morning. What yes. would you like to say, Priscilla? Well, I overheard you just talking to uh, Stephen. Yes. And I think uh, it's wrong to have called him bigotry because he was talking facts. What facts was he talking, Priscilla? <laughs> well, I tell you what. I, as I teach in schools and I, I deal with these children, okay? You deal with what children? Uh, well, um, with, I teach children, so children from different backgrounds. Yeah. 
Okay, so the problem is not that the children are not loved or because they are they are they are uh, being looked after by gay or lesbian. The fact is, this: the children do not know the difference. They are, for example, you give a child later to take home. You write the, the, the other children, Miss and Mrs. Yeah. And you write to this child, well, that's dad a very number one, dad number two, fantastic. or mom number one, mom number two. It's a wonderful way around it. Well, tell me, you you tell me how you're going to go around that. So, is it wrong, to, Priscilla? Is it wrong to be gay? No, because that's no, what Steve it, was saying. Is it? Do you do you agree with him? It's wrong to be gay. It is wrong. Yes, to be gay. It is. And yes. you're teaching children. Well, God help us. Seriously, seriously, Priscilla, God help us. If you're teaching children, how old are the kids you're teaching? Well, I teach uh, all ages. To be honest with you, I teach up to 18 years. Permission, permission to speak freely, the, Priscilla. The important thing, let me tell you, Ian, the important thing is to tell the children what is normal. Then they Oh, God. No, Priscilla, okay. you're because, a teacher. Because, oh, jeez. I tell you what, I tell you what, oh. it is not normal. It is not, no, you know, it. that's why, that's why you have children. You know it, Ian. Oh. That's why you have children. I know statistically. But it doesn't mean that people haven't got a right to their lifestyle. You can live any lifestyle. It's entirely up to you. You see, if anybody chooses to live a way they like, you have, I have no right to say why. Nobody, but it isn't normal from the fact, you said something about biological. You said, oh, biologically, you know it's not more normal because no, no Priscilla, will ever have a child. Priscilla, I know if you, statistically it's not normal in as much as there is a significant number, uh, more a percent, higher percentage of people that are heterosexual than are homosexual. So you could argue statistically it's not normal. But being gay as a thing, of course it's normal. Of course it's normal and it's right and it's not wrong. Right. You tell, okay, you tell me what, what is right with it. It's two people loving each other. That's it. It's two people not hating each other. It's two people not fighting. It's two people not killing each other. It's two people in love with each other. That's what's right with it. Well, don't heterosexuals love each other? Do they have to kill each other? I don't think anybody should kill each other. So, do, you, do homosexual? A, 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 do you agree that gay people? Nobody can, has the right to kill Priscilla, another. Do you believe that gay people can love each other or not? Well, why not? That's what's wrong? What's together. wrong with that, baby? Let's all love each other. That's what it is. But I'm saying the lifestyle is not normal. Priscilla, that do you? Yeah, Priscilla, they can love each other. Do you teach in a, in a school? Of course I do, may, yes. may God help us. If, if there are teachers, and I'm, I, I say that with the greatest of respect, but if there are teachers like you, then I'm, I'm actually really concerned. Well, okay, in that case, Ian, then you tell your child, you, you tell your child that um, uh, it's, it's wrong for you and, and his mother. No, I won't tell my child that because it's not wrong. I will tell my child when he's old enough that if he chooses to fall in love with another man, good for him. I'm going to bring my child up in such a wonderful, loving environment. If he comes to me one day, all anxious, and in fact, I hope I bring him up in such an environment that he doesn't come to me anxious and nervous. He just comes to me one day and says, Dad, you know what? I'm gay. Brilliant. Give me a hug, son. Look after yourself. That's... Oh, my goodness, she's a teacher. 08459 The reason we're talking about this is that uh, there aren't enough people fostering and adopting kids. Well, the message is being uh, reinforced this week with a national push to find prospective parents or carers who also happen to be gay, lesbian, bisexual or transgender. Sean Calvert is from Milton Keynes. Good morning, Sean. Oh, Sean, where are you? Sean. Sean? 
we've lost we've lost Sean we'll get Sean back basically they're encouraging there is a campaign to encourage more people uh, of different sexual orientations to adopt and foster children morning Sean 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 we've lost Sean again we'll get Sean back hang on a second shall I read some texts she's a teacher she's a teacher wowzers um uh fader one morning sean morning sorry about that where, where on earth have you been sean for goodness sakes oh well yeah, i think it was a time warp bringing me back from 1962 i think that was the uh, the issue there um i, I feel embarrassed i feel embarrassed bringing you on after that call i don't I, when, actually when you listen to what of the lot of the people that sound on the surface sort of homophobic i think at the heart yeah, of all those people well for the majority of people that called in was the welfare of the children yeah but i've been at that for five years now to two amazing kids christopher and elizabeth who are listening downstairs and honestly they couldn't be happier sure, and we how couldn't be happier as parents sure, so i've got to clarify you're you're a gay man in a relationship with another man absolutely 18 years so far how old are your kids uh, Elizabeth is six and Chris is four. Okay. Uh, some of the accusations um, that have been brought up this morning is you're going to, your children are going to turn gay because of your lifestyle. Well, you know, I have no idea. I have no idea what my children are going to be when they grow up. But as you quite rightly pointed out, I, as a gay man, a proud gay man, was raised by two amazing heterosexual people. I don't hold that against them. <laughs> <laughs> my mum and dad. <laughs> you know, I'm afraid I did see them kiss. I've seen them love each other, and you know what? It didn't do me any harm, and I'm a fully functioning gay man, so... Why you know. did you want to adopt, and how difficult was it? Um, why we wanted to adopt? Well, we got to 2006, we'd been together for 10 years, and we had our civil partnership, and in the same year, the law changed, which meant that your sexual orientation was no longer a barrier to adoption. So, and we knew we could offer, we knew we could offer a loving home to children, and there are lots of children out there waiting for their forever families. So we went down the process, we approached Bucks County Council. It took a couple of years, like it did for everybody back then. Yeah. It wasn't difficult at all. The, the council, if anything, were quite, they, they were over-helpful in some ways. You know, we were, I think we were about the third gay couple to go through the process, and they did a lot of almost overcompensation during the preparation groups where they'd say, a mum and a dad, or two dads, could do this. And, you know, there's lots of things like people have been... 100% supportive of us and again I think it's something that comes through a lot from the people that you've spoken to this morning and, and earlier on when you were doing the interviews in the street was that people who know gay people with children are 100% supportive because they see that we're just like any other family you know this morning we're getting ready for the school room we're making sure homework's done we're getting making sure that school uniforms and PE kits are ready there's nothing different about us and we're also not growing up in a gay bubble either this this weekend me and my dad took my son to his first football match down at the mk dons fantastic a brilliant time you well, know it's have the kids family. have the kids noticed that their parents do not fit the uh, i'm going to use the normal word because it's, it's it's easier they do not fit the norm of parents whatever that means these days well to be honest with you that's something which is true for every adopted child and every yeah. child that's in foster care we're very open with the children about their life story how they came to us and why they came to us and why they're not with their birth parents we have a fantastic thing from the that the council provided us with this is called their life story book which is everything that happened to them photos pictures of them with their birth parents up to the point that they came to us and then we fill in the rest of the story so they understand that we didn't give birth to them they understand that they've grown up in a loving home and that's all that matters you know and, and it really is Sean, I, I, 
I, I, I can't disagree with you, and I'm surprised that so many people are. I've got to cut it short, Sean, because um, we, we, we uh, spent so much time with Priscilla. But thank you. I really appreciate your time and your story. Go and get those kids ready for school and give them lots of love. Sean Calvert, he's a gay man uh, in a, a, a relationship with another man. Shock, horror. 18 years. Oh, my goodness. OMG. And they've adopted two kids. And he sounds like he's doing a cracking job. Now we've got a name. Now we've heard a voice. Now we've heard a personal story. How can you be against Sean and his partner adopting kids? He sounds like a thoroughly decent bloke. Where's the problem? BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning. Some stuff we haven't given much attention to. So we'll, we'll uh, redress the balance. That's the phrase. Yes, yes, yes. I'll do. Barnfield is back in hot water. There's a recruitment drive for gay mums and dads to adopt. Well, is it okay for gays to be parents? Can't believe I'm asking that question, but it turns out I have to. And if you were expecting Sir Peter Burkett to be joining me now, he ain't. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Give me a call, 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I feel poor Jean has uh, got lost in all of this. We spoke to Jean earlier on. Um, we were talking about drivers and the, the uh, age where you might need to uh, reapply for your licence could go up from 70 to 80. What was Jean's problem again, Catherine? Jean said her neighbour was 94 and still driving. He hasn't got any family. In her words, he is doddery and can't see very well. And the thought of him behind the wheel puts the fear of God up her. And we were kind of asking, what, what should Jean do really uh, let's read some of these uh, comments on facebook because i feel we've ignored uh, gene's predicament ever so slightly um michael uh, oh buster says shop him um uh nick says oh, i bet he's a right pain in the uh, backside for other drivers uh, tara says if he had an accident and seriously hurt or killed someone or himself she would feel awful she needs to stop him somehow but how how do you stop someone an independent gentleman of whatever age saying you can't drive Heidi's keys it's not actually particularly it's actually the right idea isn't it for you yeah mm. i mean yeah okay We'll buy that. Michael says, Ian, I had concerns about a neighbour of my mother who mentioned uh, this to another neighbour who knew the chap better. She said she was also concerned. She approached the chap with the financial cost of owning and running a car and only using it once a week. So the chap sold the car because he could see she was making a sensible argument. Liz says, Jean sounds like a lovely, caring lady. I can understand how she must feel, but I think this man needs to be stopped because if he was to injure or kill anyone, he would feel absolutely awful, I'm sure. And there's a few more other comments we might get to uh, a little bit later on. We're talking about, um, well, gay adoption. And I thought we were going to actually progress this argument forward and, and, and take as, as read that it was OK for gay men and lesbian women to adopt children. I kind of was, was assuming that that was going to be our starting point. Turns out it isn't. We have to go a, a level lower than that. So we're asking, is it OK for gays and lesbians to adopt? And surprisingly, lots of you saying, actually, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. We had a teacher, a teacher who teaches children saying that it wasn't OK and that being gay is wrong. 
Well, this is Justin speaking to somebody out uh, in the street earlier on. I don't like it. I don't like it. Lisbon, I don't like it. To me, it's like a, introducing something. Whatever the, the way the mother... Uh, the behavior of the mother, the child will be the same. So that means they are helping them to be increased, to be like a homosexual or and then it will bring so many diseases as well, as the AIDS and everything. And then they just spread it to the neutral people as well. They spread it spread it to the neutral people. Warren's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Warren. Morning, Ian. What would you like to say, boss? I can't believe that um, you found so many people that are, are so against um, the, uh, the gay adoption. It's remarkable. It's almost as though um, Justin's doing you a disservice and he's handing out £10 notes for people to say this stuff. And I just have to say that just, since Justin got his knuckles wrapped for doing that in the past, we have cracked down on that practice. <laughs> I know, and I'm, I'm, I'm really disappointed that a teacher phoned up who is responsible for children and she's of the belief that being gay is wrong. So it's not even the adoption thing, it's the, the whole gay thing is wrong in her book. And that is such a shame. I'm... I, I can't um, help but feel sorry for her. It's, it's such a great shame. Maybe she is of that last generation, but the gentleman that you spoke to at quarter to eight, I can't believe that he was... His argument, he just wasn't willing to listen to you. That was Steve. And Steve's scored in a couple of times, and listening is, is one mm. of the skills he needs to work on, definitely. <laughs> Warren, I've got to cut it short, because we, we've got a really busy show, but thank you so much for calling in. I'll, I'll make sure you get more time next time. That's a promise. Uh, MPs will today call for a parliamentary debate into the Barnfield Federation after two government departments published highly critical reports aimed at the Bedfordshire Schools chain. Unless there is significant improvement at the Federation, the government will not hesitate to take further action. Well, I should now be turning round to face Sir Peter Burkett, the former Director General of the Federation. He was due to appear on the show now, but Paul Scoynes, he pulled out at 4.30 this morning, didn't he? Yes, he did. He he said with regret uh, that he had uh, realised that he'd signed agreements when he left Barnfield last summer uh, which he said had uh, many legal covenants and restrictions to them. He needed to check those legal covenants and restrictions with his legal team uh, and as a result he's going to uh, postpone it, he says. It's disappointing he remembered that at 4.30 in the morning and also disappointing because there were, there were lots of things that w- were specific about him in these reports, weren't there? Yeah. There were, there were absolutely. There was uh, stuff in there about the uh, the pay that he'd received when he left the federation. He resigned, uh, so effectively wasn't entitled to anything uh, sort of other than holiday owed to him. Um, he had an agreement in his uh, contract as well, which showed that he was entitled to. I think he could carry five days over a year. He said that uh, in the previous report, it was said that um, he hadn't taken a holiday in four years. So he, uh, my reckon. I mean, that's 20 days he should have been owed and that should have been it but he indeed got two payoffs a car um, additional holiday pay on top of that which he said he didn't ask for but he did get and uh, indeed in that he said that it was uh, the business of the board and therefore he wouldn't be able to comment on this he has sent us through a statement really saying that uh, uh, you know outlining some of the uh, the, the, the areas that um, we would want to ask him questions about a lot of it he says is, is ultimately the responsibility of the board um, he says that he welcomes the report and uh, hopes that um, Barnfield can now move on and um, continue to uh, provide, quote, great opportunities for the students of Luton. Um, that's that's the report from... I mean, we also asked to talk to Barnfield. They said that they're not talking at the moment. They're saying that they're tackling the issue 
raised in the report and uh, and ensuring that it's a strong organisation uh, going forward. We asked to speak to the government, and the government said that they weren't talking either and uh, sent us a wow. statement. Yeah, so we've had a lot well, of... Uh, some good news. We asked to speak to Gavin Shuker, Labour MP for Luton South, and he said yes. Good morning, Gavin. Good morning. I'm always around for you. I, I know. It's, it's great. You've, you've come on. Very disappointing that both the Department for Education and the Department for Business uh, have said they don't want to talk about this. How serious do you think the government is taking this? Well, I hope they're taking it extremely seriously. I mean, one of the reasons why today we will apply for a cross-party debate on the situation at Barnfield is because we need to put this stuff into the public arena and we need to hold the government to account for the actions that they've already taken. Now, they'll have an opportunity to respond. Uh, one of the good things about Parliament, of course, is they can't just pull out at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, actually, you, you have to come and you have to answer questions if you're the government. And obviously there are broader questions to be asked of Sir Pete Burkett and otherwise, and I hope this will help move things along. Do you think this uh, brings the, the, the policy about academies and the like into question? I think it raises really serious questions about accountability in particular. So what, what you've got is, under this current system, a large number of free schools, academies and chains, where the accountability is meant to be at a local level amongst the, the trustees, the board or the governors. And then there's responsibility and accountability at the centre with Michael Gove, but very little in between. And uh, my concern, I suppose, about the report's into Barnfield is that they show that lack of a middle tier uh, meant that if it weren't for whistleblowers coming forward uh, getting heard by DfE um, then none of this would have come to light now that's a really shocking realisation and it points to a systemic problem which is why it's important that we discuss it in Parliament Barnfield, despite um, uh, saying in uh, September that they would come back on the show after uh, or representatives from Barnfield after the reports came out have refused to speak to us this morning have you spoken to anybody from there? Uh, not directly on the current management team, but we've had kind of discussions through back channels, which I know sounds um, uh, kind, kind of odd to put it in those terms. Now, I, I, you know, in fairness to Barnfield, I think they are, you know, under their new management leadership there, committed to sorting out the problems that exist. But I suppose the really simple point to make is until we've established the truth of what's gone on, until we've established where the blame lies, it becomes very difficult to see a viable future for Barnfield into the future. Now, I totally believe there is a viable future for Barnfield, and I'll be entering into discussions with the government and otherwise over the coming weeks about what that future looks like. I think it would be good to do that from a place of really well-informed uh, knowledge, which is why I think it's regrettable that they're not answering questions today. Governors. Paul, you want to uh, well, say I was just saying that the governors, uh, Gavin, need to at least consider the breaking up of the academies. That's what the, uh, the government have asked them to do. Yeah, and of course they've only got a month to do this now. Um, by the end of this month, they will have to put forward credible plans about a number of different models for the options of the future. Now, obviously the NUT are calling for the academies to be returned back to local authority control. Uh, there's a divergence of views, I suspect, amongst those people currently running uh, different elements of Barnford about whether it should stay together or whether it should uh, find its own separate paths. I'm reasonably agnostic on that, but what I want to hear is a credible plan from Barnfield about how they're going to make things right. They've got a very tight timescale to do that. I do hope that the full truth of what's going on there will come out, because I think without it, parents, 
staff uh, and other people in the community will have little faith in Barnfield um, and we don't want that we want them to be a fantastic education provider um, and, and I think without the truth coming out it'll be hard for them to do that Gavin thank you very much for joining us and uh, I appreciate uh, you sitting in for Peter Burkett who, who didn't make it today but we, we are hopeful aren't we that uh, he might make it at some point Paul yeah once he's had some advice and, and you know uh, he, he's got sort of sound reasons he says for, for doing that so we'll, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt in that one I think. Paul Scoynes thank you very much of course thank you to Gavin Shuka Labour MP for Luton South Buckinghamshire film space movie Gravity has won seven awards at the Oscars Jonathan they must be over the moon yeah, oh I like what you did there very clever you do like that yeah, it's like Kelly and I wrote that it's good excellent. isn't it good, good joke weather yeah Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, here we go. Wow. He did that. He's doing this. I can't do that. How do you swing your arm all the way around like that from the elbow joint? Really? No. Look at this. Look at this. See, look. uh... (laughs) He's like a little mauve windmill. Yes. I can do both of them together. Yeah. uh, But it gives me a neck ache for the whole day. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No. Can I, I just have to, to say, we've had some, some worried texts. This, this week, promoting um, gays and lesbians uh, adopting children, they're not making it compulsory. I know there are some gay people <laughs> that have been in touch with the show. They're very concerned. They're not making it compulsory. You don't have to take a child home, OK? So don't panic. They're just, they're just encouraging it. That's all. That's right. all that's happening. Uh, you, and you're talking about this this morning, aren't you? Yes, from nine on this morning's big phone-in. I'm asking, do you have any problem with gay couples raising children? Adoption campaigners are encouraging more gay and lesbian people to become foster and adoptive parents new research shows that one in three gay people think their sexuality will mean they can't adopt children and one in four so they've been told by other people they shouldn't become parents often by their own family members Mm. well from nine this morning i I want your views on this morning's big phone-in do you have any problem with gay couples raising children i've been quite astonished listening to some of your callers this morning ian quite astonished i'll read you a a text in a second as well that will astonish you i've just really? seen it on my screen shall i read it now I've got yeah, go four, on i've got four texts in front of me go on. three of them are um pro-gay then there's one from pat and i'll read the others in a bit but pat says ian like the governments who protect gays you just will not listen to normal views it's abnormal if you're gay fact you lost the argument that's from pat well i mean there, mean, are, there are more heterosexual people than gay people. Statistically, it is normal to be heterosexual. Of course, it's statistically. Yes. But it doesn't mean that it's, it's abnormal or wrong to be gay. There's just more... You know, you get gay animals. So it's, it's not a case of they've been brought up on gay media that's turned them gay. Because I'm sure that, you know, the gay sheep aren't watching storylines in EastEnders or anything. Oh, I'm getting angry. I can see this. Yeah, I am. It just is a, I really thought we would, the, the, the conversation about this would be a celebration. I didn't think I'd have to ask the question, is it okay to, for gays to adopt kids? I thought we were kind of, you know, a few steps up the, the ladder, a few rungs up the ladder. Oh, gosh, no. I'm so naive. Don't be silly. So naive. Mind you, I, uh, years ago I was doing a phone-in on yeah. homosexuality, and, uh, and I was, like you, I was at that kind of stage where I just was feeling a bit depressed with it all and thinking, yeah. oh, God, what's happening in this world? And then this bloke phoned up. He was lovely. I'll never forget it. It was one of my favourite callers ever. He was a big gruff bloke, you know, certainly like that, what, butch. And uh, he phoned up, and I thought, oh, God, here we go, here's another one. He's going to come on and say, you know, it's disgusting being gay. I thought that's what he was going to say. He didn't. He said, I'm a mechanic, and I love gays. Oh, they keep their cars beautiful. (laughs) 
<laughs> Good for him. Oh, dear. Anyway, from nine this morning, do you have any problem with gay couples raising children? Yes or no, your views from nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let me read uh, a couple more of these uh, texts just to uh, redress the balance. Lucy in Bedford just got to work, so can't call in. I'm disappointed in the bigoted views that have recently been aired. As long as a child is loved and cared for, then it's all that matters, regardless of whether they have a single parent, heterosexual parents, or homosexual parents. Tony Luton, sorry, I've got a little bit of um, coffee indigestion, so this might be a little bit windy pops in the next few minutes. Sorry, guys, sorry. Uh, Steve is an idiot. Steve was a caller at uh, about 7.40. That's my opinion. Gay is normal. Gay people have heterosexual parents. The parents do not make a child gay. A homeless child can count themselves lucky not to have Steve and Joyce as parents. What would either one of those people do if one of their kids were to become gay? Disown them? Would it be their fault they were gay? Careless bigots. Tony Luton. And Leslie says, doesn't Joyce see that it's her kind of attitude that gives bullies carte blanche to attack gay people? And Pat's uh, text one more time. Ian, like the governments who protect gays, you just will not listen to normal views. It's abnormal if you're gay. Fact. You lost the argument. Yvonne's in hearts. Morning, Yvonne. Uh, good morning. What would you like to say, Yvonne? Um, I would like to say that I agree with Steve and the lady before him and Priscilla. I, be- I, I do not agree with gays and lesbians um, at all, especially um, adopting children. Um, there was a person um, who came into my family because they had a relationship with someone in my family she was actually gay and then she went off with the baby with her gay gay lesbian partner and they brought the baby up and the baby is related to me in a way she's now 19 and when she was 11 she turned gay so I can't, I, I, I'm against, I really am against it because if a man and a woman are sitting there kissing and cuddling, the child is going to do the same. I do agree with the lady before Steve, Steve and it was Joyce. Joyce was before was Steve, Joyce? yeah. Joyce, Joyce. Was, yeah. Yeah, I do believe, I, I really do agree but where, with where did Where do gay kids come from then? Kids that turn well, grow up well, to gay adults. Happened? Where do they come from? Right. Well, what had happened with this, with this, um, with this woman? Yeah. I can't say her name. I knew her when she was a baby. Right. And her cousin, who was fourteen when she was two, he raped her. Okay. Um, right. Well, that's Yvonne, that, and that's that's. And that turned her against men. Well, okay. That's that's a, a horrific example. But you're not saying that all gay men and women were, were raped as, as children. No, no, no. Okay. I'm not. So where does your average uh, where does your average gay man or woman well, come from? If they come, if they because their parents are probably heterosexual. So where have they where have they got it from? Do right. you think? Well, years ago it was rarely heard of because it was illegal. Because. Um, Probably, yeah, because yeah, it was it, illegal. It was illegal and there was a lot of prejudice and violence against uh, homosexuals. Yeah, but That's there why weren't was... as many as there are today. No, statistically there were. There were there were a similar percentage. It's always a similar percentage of the population is gay. It's just because of the bigotry and the violence and the aggression. It was quite common in the 70s to go queer bashing. Uh, and what that was, was oh, no, groups I of gangs would go out and be- find a, a gay person and beat him up. So you can understand why they want to keep it, you know, on the lowdown. Um... Yeah, well, um, 
I think now it's just become a phase that people are going through. Oh, let's let's be lesbians, let's be gays. You know, I think now because there are so many now that were never heard of years ago, yeah. and and. But so and where do the gay? Okay, so, so where do? What makes someone gay? If they're if you're saying it could be their parents, if they, if if a, if a baby is brought up by two gay men, that baby will turn gay. Then where I really do, do believe so. Okay, but then where do other gay people come from? They, they um, can't all be going through a phase. They can't all have been sexually abused as children. So if they if they've got heterosexual parents, why are they turning gay, Yvonne? Um, tell you the truth, I don't know. As I said, um, it's. Um, is over the last couple of years, there's been more gays than lesbians been known about than what there was before. And isn't that wonderful? That, that people? No, it isn't. Well, it's a bad thing. That people? God, let me get, No, no, no. God made don't, Adam. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. You said it. Okay. Bye. See. She said it. I, I really thought. Can I press a button for a second? Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well. I'll tell you what, guys. It's a big gay podcast this week. <laughs> it really is a big gay podcast. She said it. I really thought that, we, that, that, that I'd educated you, dear listener, to be better than that. God made Adam and Eve... He didn't make Adam and Steve. Well, he did. He made Steve. He made Steve. God made Adam. He made Eve. He made Steve. He made all of them. And listen, if you're going to have the conversation, there's so much more we could have explored with Yvonne. If you're going to have the conversation, it's the second person this morning who's done the get out of jail free card of, all right, then bye, put the phone down. Don't do that. That weakens your argument. See it through to its conclusion. Um, trucker Chris, morning, Trucker Chris. Good morning, boss and Lady Catherine. Oh, for, don't don't encourage her, for goodness sakes. No, you leave my Lady Catherine alone. I wish she'd leave <laughs> me alone, Chris. Yeah, she keeps sending me mucky texts and snaps over the weekend. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Good luck to her. She's a lovely lass. Go on, Chris. Um, what you got for me? Well, listening to this conversation, I can't believe that there's so much bigotry in this world. And this for that last lady, the guy rattling on about God, if she likes to read the Bible, it said God made man in his own image. Now, that covers everybody, whether it's ho- um, lesbians, gays, uh, straight people, whatever. Now, I haven't got a problem with gays adopting. I mean, I know we went, me and my wife got invited to a party, and there was various gays there, lesbians and uh, homosexuals. And you know something? They're the most caring devoted rational people going now if there was more people like them in this world we wouldn't have half the problems we got and as for them adopting children I think it's one of the best ideas going because there's no way that they're going to let them kids that they adopt become gay or lesbian you know that's going to be their own choice when they get older now if people like to look at the medical makeup of people everybody has got gay or homosexual tendencies in them it's built into the chromosomes it just depends which way your body develops which way you want to go but there are a lot of people in this world that say oh gays this nobody's been that but we spoke to Chris their own their own being basically we spoke to Yvonne who says that uh, a lot of this gay stuff, it's just a phase, it's a fad, it's fashionable. 
I don't know about you, Chris. I couldn't have sex with a man just to be fashionable. I, I would struggle with that. Well, yeah, 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 Trendy, yeah, right, okay, that, that, that's another argument, isn't it? But, but what I'm saying is, every, everybody's got um, uh, homosexual and lesbian tendencies in them from the birth. Because when you when the when the the, um, the cells split at birth, it depends. That depends which way you go. Whether you're either male or female. Yeah. But some, but it doesn't actually. Well, for lesbians and that, it doesn't actually become apparent until they're older. Chris, I'm going to leave it there because we're out of time, but thank you. I, I will put that point to uh, some of the, the uh, slightly angrier callers. That actually, we're all a bit gay, we're all a bit lesbian. It's just, in, in some people, the urge is stronger. 08459 455 555. Is it okay for gays and lesbians to adopt kids? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three uh, Counties Radio. <laughs> I love it. I tell you what I love. You know that um, there's a councillor. Where is he? Is it Houghton Regis, Alan Winter, who yeah. hates me? Hates me. And he, he once called me a twit on Twitter, except it wasn't an I, dear listener. It was an A. He's a councillor and he thought it was appropriate to bandy that kind of abuse around. Anyway, he hates the show. Hates the show. Cannot stop listening to the show. Must listen to show I do not like. It makes me angry and upset, but I must listen to it. Uh, there's a brilliant uh, page on uh, Facebook, the BBC 3CR Gripe page, right? and Alan Winter posts on there. Not sure why homosexual couples are being discussed today. Anybody? I'm no expert, but recall reading something about there being a problem with our water. And the story he's got is, male fish are being feminised by river pollution. Let's do that! Let's do that! It's the water's making fish go gay. Let's, uh, Catherine... How, how Rob- can you tell a male fish from a female fish anyway? Do they swim different? Let's, <laughs> let's drop everything we've got for the last 30 minutes, and let's do that story about the water. Uh, no. Thank you very much indeed. And Alan, thank you. Stop being a silly... Stop acting like a 15-year-old schoolgirl and uh, throwing little tantrums and strops on the internet. Be a man and call up. On behalf of 15-year-old schoolgirls, I must object. OK, thank you very much indeed. Call up, for goodness sakes. 08459 455 555. Alan, you'll be op- welcome with open arms. Ah, dear. Right, driving. Pensioners should be allowed to continue driving until they're 80 before having to renew their licences. That's according to a review by transport officials. They're urging, they are urging ministers to relax the current mandatory renewal age of 70 because the DVLA are too busy. Well, Justin's been out this morning talking to people about, about this. Justin, morning. Morning, boss. We've kind of got a little bit... So we went down a gay side road this mm. morning and got, got a little bit distracted on this. We've had lots of people, um, lots of older people saying they're great drivers. We also had an incredible call from Gene uh, at about 10 to 7 this morning who's got a next-door neighbour. He's 94. Yep. Uh, and his eyesight is terrible and he gets very confused and she was worried about what he should do. Yeah, uh, Lots one. of Yeah, it is a tough one. Lots of feedback about that on... on uh, Facebook, and I'll try and squeeze in some of those comments before the end of the show. What have you been asking people this morning about this, Just? Well, earlier I spoke to professional drivers who said to me at 70, quite simply, you shouldn't be on the road. Uh, Somebody else said to me that that this paperwork every three years, it should be made so 
hard for them that it's almost impossible to carry on driving. So what I've done in the last hour or so, Ian, I've been talking to drivers over the age of 70 to get their views on this. Uh, some interesting stuff coming up here. Here's what people had to say. Well, Shirley, you're 80 years old. I've heard from professional drivers, also Ian back in the studio, who says that once you hit 70, you shouldn't be on the roads. What's your thoughts on that? It's a load of twaddle. I've got every right to be on the road, as long as I'm fit and healthy. So what's the situation now? What happens every three years? You have to fill in forms about your health and you have to prove that you've got your eyesight and they haven't refused me yet a while and that's every three years I have to do that. When you're filling out paperwork, do you think you should be having a retest, a proper retest? Why? I happen to know that I've got indicators on my car. If I want to turn a corner, I indicate. These fools that have got cars today, especially the youngsters, don't know the workings of the car. They don't signal. You know, I try to drive by the rules and abide by the highway code. I learned to drive when you did hand signals. And just lastly, I'm going to put this point to you in the, in the nicest possible way. Uh, we heard from somebody earlier on who said that, that she has a neighbour. Now, their neighbour's 94. I heard that. Yep, you, yep, heard, you heard I that heard call. That. Oh, so yeah. she was saying that, that her neighbour still drives and he thinks that he's perfectly fit to be on the roads, but everyone knows that he's not. Are you a bit deluded when it comes to your capabilities no. of driving a vehicle at the age of 80? No, I'll be perfectly honest. I passed my test when I was 31 years old. And in all that time, I have had one accident. One. In all those years. And that was some young kid pulled out on me. He got banned from driving. I was innocent in that. I... I was a victim in that accident. That's the only one I've had in nearly 50 years of driving. Madam, you're 77 years old. Ian and other people saying this morning, once you hit 70, you shouldn't be on the roads. Is that vastly unfair, do you think? I think it is, because it depends how you are in health. A lot of people are a lot older in age than others mm. and have health problems. But if you're fit and like me, mm. touch wood at the yeah. moment, <laughs> I don't see why not. I mean, have you thought about giving up driving at any time soon? No, definitely not. Once I'm ill or anything happens, then yes, I would. But <laughs> and other people, when they get in your car, do they say to you, oh, you know, maybe you should think about giving this up? No. Even my husband tells me I'm a good driver. That says something, doesn't Yeah, it? how old is he, though? <laughs> and we are not the best judges of when our eyesight is going or when our reflexes go. I mean, these people are saying to me, I will know when that day comes when I'm not fit to be on the road. But I do think, you know, a lot of people this morning talking about this so-called retest at the age of 70. It's not a retest whatsoever. It's simply filling out paperwork. Maybe it's about time as a nation, if we want to become safer on the roads, that, that everyone, not just people over the age of 70, 70, everyone is retested, let's say, every five to ten Are years. Are you sure you want to introduce that, Justin? Yes, absolutely. Are you sure? Yes. Because you would be off, you'd be out of a job, mate. Why? Because you can't drive. I can drive. I'm a fantastic driver. We, I don't, are we going to make this an annual event where we go out with a driving instructor and we both do a little mini test and I whop your backside? But what's more important, Ian? You know, you talk about me, if I'm not safe to be on the roads, yes, I would lose my job, but that would make the roads a much safer place if I didn't pass the test it would be my own fault. You've blown my mind with your own dealy logic, so I'm going to let you go, Justin. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Ah, dearie me. Talking about gays adopting. I thought we'd we'd have a different conversation to the one we're asking. Is it okay for gay people to adopt children? I I kind of assumed that we'd start from a a slightly more enlightened point of view, but we're not. We've had to go back a little bit. Some text. Jamie says, not sure I entirely agree with gays and lesbians to adopt. 
as it's not quite as nature intended. But loving parents are better than no parents. And that's got to be it, hasn't it? It's got to be it. Ian, that woman Priscilla, who was on, uh, where was she? About uh, just after eight o'clock, I think. Or maybe just before. Anyway, that woman Priscilla surely cannot be a teacher. Shot with her attitude. Maybe she's blighted with a religious view, but she also struggled to communicate in understandable English. Wouldn't want my children at her school. What if one of my kids admitted to having gay feelings? Sack her now, Maff and Hanslow. If Steve is still listening, Steve was on at 7.14, Steve will be still listening. Can you ask him that if gay and lesbian adoption is wrong and that children should stay in care homes, would he ban gay and lesbian people from working in care homes as well? Phil. Um, and Evan Luton says, simple answer, stop IVF, and if a person couple want children and can't for whatever reason, uh, gay or straight, then they should adopt, give a child a loving home and save the NHS millions. Kevin's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Kevin. Morning, Ian. What do you reckon? Um, I reckon people need to grow up a little bit. Um, I mean, uh, how, how many times on the news do you hear about, you know, gay, a, a gay lesbian couple or a gay male couple? I'll, I'll aim at the gay male couple because that's what most people seem to associate gay people with. They seem to forget that lesbians yep. exist sometimes. Uh, but how many times do you hear about, you know, a, a young kid that's been abused or been neglected by a gay couple on the news? And, you know, it, it's always, oh, you know, it's not normal, it's not normal, Adeline, Steve, blah, blah, blah. It's not Mary and Alice either. And uh, I think people have to realise that, you know, homosexuality, it's not just gay, it's not just two men, it's two women as well. And I think people have the problem with the men. What? Well, there is kind of that attitude. You talk, you talk to blokes about gay men, quite often, oh dear. Yes. You mention some lesbians, what? And they're all out for it. What? Exactly. Exactly. They, they, they don't mind watching it in a film, but uh, they, they don't... But, but, what do you think, though, Kev? Do you think that the, the gay couples, male or female, should be allowed to adopt? I, I, I think they should be allowed to adopt. And I think that if more gay and lesbian couples adopt, it might, at some point in the future, it won't be the near future because of the way the world is, but at some point in the near future, we might have a generation of kids that are saying, yeah, right, my dad and my dad, you know, they might not be normal, but hey, I'm getting everything I, I can, you know? And I think, I think if we can wipe out this whole kind of homophobic, it's not normal kind of generation, mm. I think we'll be onto a winner, but we can't, especially with... You know, the teacher woman that you had on earlier saying it's not right. Kevin, thank you. I mean, that, that, hearing a teacher, I'm assuming she teaches in a school, a normal school, saying that, that it is wrong to be gay. She's a teacher. I hope she doesn't teach my kids. Two texts. Phil, some of the callers against the existence of gays and lesbians sound scared. Can you ask the next one what they're afraid of? I've never called this show, but the narrow-minded, bigoted inability to conduct a reasoned argument I've heard has made me want to, but I have to take my daughter to school, as would any loving parent, be they gay or straight. Next text from Theo. Being gay is an affront to the Lord. They will be judged by their choice of deviancy. It should be illegal for them to adopt, as they are condemning the innocent children to a life of sin and allowing them to the temptations of Satan. I hope these children grow up and repent of their sins. Amen, Theo. I'm really hoping... I'm hoping that Theo's text is a joke. I'm hoping it's a, it's a, it's a, I've, I've been had and that's a joke. And I wouldn't mind if that were the case, because... I hope these children grow up and repent of their sins. So it's now suddenly the, the, the sin is being put on the kids' shoulders. Compassionate. These Christians are so nice, aren't they? 
it's a minority because most Christians are wonderful and brilliant but people like that Theo you, you're doing your religion a, a real disservice James is on the A421 morning James morning Ian James, right, I'm, I'm getting very depressed James what would you like to say yeah, well, it's, it's depressing when you when you hear such bigotry. Um, first of all, could I just tell you there's been an accident on the A421 approaching Junction 13. Oh, is it um, a bad one? Um, well, it's just uh, coming out of Milton Keynes, where it just goes into dual carriageway before the roundabout. Three okay. vehicles. Thank you um, for that. Cheers. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I was just saying to your colleague a minute ago, I'm really disgusted that uh, we're even having the conversation. You know, pe- people are either gay or straight. Sometimes they don't realise what they are until later in their life. But, um, you know, it's no different to being black or having green eyes or ginger hair. And we wouldn't even be having the conversation if that was your question. You know, is it all right for black people to adopt kids? Well, of course it is. You know, as, as long as... Well, some people, James, some people, James, will say you're born black, you choose to be gay. That was Priscilla's uh, uh, opinion. You choose to be gay or you are corrupted into being gay. Yeah, well, she's wrong. Um, I'm, I'm gay myself, mate, and, uh, you know, I, I've never chosen to be attracted to a particular gender. That's just who I am. Um, you know, I've, I've never been interested in, in females. I've never... Um, had any urges like that if it was a choice surely I'd be able to choose to go and have a relationship or have um, intimate relations I'm watching my language because of the time of day yeah. with um, with someone of the opposite sex you know, James when I'm you sure hear these when, I'm sorry to cut you short but we're, we're kind of out of time a bit but when you hear some of the views we've heard today that what you do is wrong you are abnormal you are, you are a, a, a sinner you need to repent when you hear that stuff how does that make you feel? Well, I think it's very hypocritical apart from anything, you know, because I'm sure all these people that are quoting religion, have they never uh, been shopping on a Sunday when they're meant to be resting? You know, uh, people trot out religion when they've got nothing else to say, to be honest. Um, You know, I'm, I'm sure there are lots of people that believe very deeply in their faith, and that's fine, but that's personal to them, and why should it ever... Um, impact on anybody else and other people's beliefs and just who people are. James, I've got to end it there. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 The uh, pendulum swings the other way. What do you reckon? For 15 minutes of the show, is it okay for gay people to adopt? I can't believe I'm actually asking that question, but that, that, it turns out that's what we need to ask before we can get any further in the conversation. <laughs> Let me read one comment on the Facebook page. Darren says, I think the adopted children will be safer with a gay couple than being homed with some of the religious nutters who've called in. I've got nothing against religion. I, you know, I've kind of flirted with it a bit myself. It, but, but those... I had a terrible row over the weekend with some creationists. Yeah, people who think the world is only 6,000 years old. Oh, my God. And I realised who I was arguing with and I just pulled out. Anyway... 08459 455 505. Last 10 minutes of the show, we've got two lines free. Now is an excellent time to call up. The, the, the pendulum has seemed to have swung the other way, which is rather an appropriate choice of phrase. We started off talking about gays adopting, and uh, we, we had lots of people who were, well, they weren't just against gay people adopting, they were against gay people in general. It's not normal. It's an abomination. It's sin. These people are wrong. They will turn people gay. It will sp- Have a listen to this. Justin Dealey went out um, and, and spoke to people about gay adoption. This was uh, the view of one woman that he spoke to. I don't like it. I don't like Lisbon. I don't like it. To me, it's like a, introducing something. Whatever the, the way the mother 
the behavior of the mother, the child will be the same. So that means they are helping them to be increased, to be like a homosexual or, and then it will bring so many diseases as well, as AIDS and everything. And then they just spread it to the neutral people as well. They just spread AIDS to the neutral people as well. Now, that's quite an extreme view. Turns out it's not that extreme, actually. We've had a few people calling in, kind of supporting that kind of thing. Uh, if you agree with that, if you think it is wrong to, for gay people to adopt, men or female, men or women, but also it's wrong to be gay, give us a call. What I don't understand, OK, when you talk about gays, forget the adoption thing for a second. You talk about men being gay and women being gay. People get really, really angry about it. Stephen, who we spoke to at 7.40 this morning, was really, really angry about it. Angry that gay people exist because they are not normal. Why? I mean, if you don't like it, you don't like it. You don't have to watch. Why would you be angry about it? There are some uh, sexual practices I don't particularly uh, like. Don't get angry about it. It doesn't upset me. If other people want to go and do those things, fine. It doesn't upset me. Don't get angry about it. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. If you are anti-gay, if you think being gay is wrong, can you give me a call and try and explain it to me? Because I'm really struggling to understand what's wrong with two people of, of whatever gender loving each other. Well, I don't understand how, that, how anyone could have a problem with that. If you could explain it to me, 08459 455 555. Lynn's in Hemel. Morning, Lim. Good morning, Ian. What have you made of the show this morning? Good Lord. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I knew you had very high blood pressure earlier. I'm really first, I wanted to say, I'm so pleased that Sean phoned in. What an absolutely charming man. Sean was the, uh, the, the, the da- dad. He's been uh, with yeah, his, his gay partner two. for 18 years. They got two, have adopted two little kiddies, and it sounds like he's doing a cracking job. He sounded so lovely and so proud of those children. Yep. Um, but I'm really glad he called in to negate some of the awful things that people have been saying. I was so shocked. You know, I'm 59, I don't shock that easily. But the actual hatred towards people who've got a different lifestyle just astounds me. Why shouldn't I? I'm really hugely pleased that there's this um, initiative now to encourage more gay people to adopt. Mm. Because I think there has been a perception they wouldn't be allowed to. So I'm really glad about the initiative and just hope that it gives more little... Kids, That's what it's about. It's about kids getting some, going, going somewhere where they're loved and protected and warm and they can call home. That's what and it's it, about. Of course it is. And I don't understand why these people can't see that. Lynn, thank you very much indeed. John's text then. John's text from Bletchley has got me angry. Try and stay calm, Ian. I think, as a responsible broadcaster, you should not show your bias when listening to listeners' views and certainly should not ridicule ridicule points of view you don't personally agree with, says John in Bletchley. Sorry, John, but if people are being bigoted, if people are being uh, narrow-minded, if people are are, uh, being accusatory uh, and saying things that aren't true, then I'll step in, I'm afraid. If people are being nasty because they are afraid of something, then I'm going to have to step in. I can't be unbiased when people are being homophobic. Can't do that. I'm afraid. And I'm not ridiculing points of view I don't agree with. I'm ridiculing points of view that are not true. 
I'm ridiculing people who cannot take the argument any further. I'm ridiculing people who say God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Because as terms of an argument about gays, you can't get worse than that. Richard's in Bedford. Morning, Richard. Good morning to you. What was that to say, um, boss? I'd like to take it back to its lowest common denominator, if I may, because we're going off at all sorts of tangents, and it's the need for a child to have loving parents and those parents to be able to offer different views to the child, the male perspective, the female perspective. And the real danger we've got and I saw it from my from my previous job working in working in um, central London. There are whole communities with no father figure, and they will never ever have one because they have a mother. They don't know who their father is. They go to school where they are taught predominantly by women. Consequently, they look for a father figure. And they end up joining a gang because they have no father figure, and they end up dead on our streets because they're gang members. Right. I did listen. In the ideal situation, uh, I would think, yeah, mums and dads. But as you've just said, that doesn't happen. So to bring it back onto topic slightly, Richard. Gay parents adopting. That's not a bad thing, is it? Well, my, I, I have a daughter who's gay. Okay. I, I would like. I would like to think that, that if. if if she does have children sometime in the future that that that, that child is able to see the male perspective on life and the female perspective on life to give them a balance rather than just the female perspective so life. would you be upset if your your gay daughter um, married a, another woman and they adopted a child uh, no, I don't think I would. Okay, Richard, thank you very much indeed. Of course, kids need they need the perspective of women and, and, and men, and hopefully, the, the, uh, the, these gay couples they'll, they'll they'll have gay men will have female friends and vice versa. They're not going to be if you're brought up by two dads, you're not going to be excluded from women. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Probably too uh, late to get on my show, but I know Jonathan is uh, continuing this discussion. So if you call in now, if you don't make it on here, you'll, you'll definitely make it onto JVS. Rebecca's in Luton. Remo- uh, morning, Rebecca. Good morning. Uh, well, we've only got a minute, so I'm going to do a little bit of shorthand. I believe that you're uh, you're gay and you've adopted children. Is that right? I haven't actually adopted children. I've actually had two biological children myself, and okay. I'm, I'm actually living in a, in a gay relationship with with my partner and my two children. And they could not be any happier. They they have a loving, supporting family. They support both myself and my partner equally. They have their dad's influence also, and I think they actually have the best of both worlds. They see their dad happy and me happy, and they're, they're very happy children. How old are the kids, Rebecca? My children are eight and six. Okay, and do they do they question the fact that, that when they come home they've got two mums? Does it does it strike them odd? Do they get bullied at school because of it? That was one of the accusations that was raised earlier. Yeah. No, no, they haven't. And I think um, and I've been in this relationship um, since well, the past three, three years now. And I think because they've actually just grown up, it, it's normal to them. People are saying it's not normal for, for gay couples to have children. It's actually normal for my children because they've grown up and they see myself with a woman and they're very happy. They see us very happy together. There's no arguments in the house, nothing like that. But they also see their dad with his partner, who's, who's a female, and they see a healthy relationship there. And no, they don't ever question 
question anything and if ever they do question and have any kind of question whatsoever then I will answer it as and when they are capable to get the answers from me when they understand I'm not going to bombard them with information now if they ask me a question I will answer it you're, so you're, you're, you're not going to brainwash them you're not going to uh, brainwash them Rebecca to become gay themselves then of course not and if, if, if I'm completely honest I think it would be much easier for them if they weren't gay because it's actually very hard um, obviously listeners this morning people like that are still around and it's actually very hard to be gay in this society so from a parent I would prefer it for them if they were actually straight because it's hard to be gay but if they were gay I would support them 100% Rebecca we've got to end it there because we're out of time but what, what, what a decent thoroughly decent call to end the show on thank you very much for that well that was a feistier Monday morning I was expecting thank you for nearly all of your calls I'm back tomorrow at 6 JVS is up next carrying on this conversation till tomorrow from me ta-ta local and vocal across beds hearts and bucks this is BBC Three Counties Radio thank you Ian